1: Just thinking about this match, and I'm standing and pacing it my like that
0: He's just Makazi now. He's not a okay, kid. So, so Makazi,
1: he's not a kid anymore. He's, he's, he's a, a boy. 10 he's year a man. Leader. He's a man. Man
0: Are you
1: He got PWS superstar by him. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone in two
0: in go in go Nerobles. in You're missing a B there, but that's... It.
1: There's a B? This is what I'm talking about, because letters don't go together. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, are you having a wank, are you? And it's like, No! You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where with her, afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crat. <laughs> Who delivers I don't. this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this
0: guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I am Rich Cratch alongside, as always, the King of Banter himself, critically acclaimed broadcast journalist Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you?
1: Uh, I'm fantastic, Rich. How are you? <laughs> God, that's always awkward.
0: <laughs> now I know that you hate it, so now I just do it to make it. Because you, you, then, like, because you get cringier every single time I ask it. So I, I'm just wondering when you get to the point where you just go, you know, go fuck yourself, here's Rich, the and then just talk talking about wrestling. So
1: here's the here's the problem. We we talk for like ten to fifteen minutes before you hit the record. So I already
0: know how you're doing.
1: You know how I'm doing, and then, but the people and then you don't. ask me how I'm doing. But what about and the people? Just, it, they don't care. Maybe they do. You think they care how I'm doing? heaven them. Um.
0: Yeah, but half of them love you, though. That's
1: true. Um, but it's it's awkward because we've done that
0: already. Like, <laughs> we've done the pleasantries already. We've gotten those out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
1: We've we we do the pleasantries, and your ten minutes of fucking around with the fucking, uh, you know, sound mechanisms on your end and making me say testing one two three a thousand times. We do all that already. And then you hit record and you ask me how I'm doing and I, I never know how to answer, you know? It's 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 very awkward and and it I, <laughs> I think uh, it, it it probably comes across as so to everybody listening. Sometimes um, you actually
0: do have something to say though. You know say I'm mad, some, you know. There, there are a few times where we get some good gold out of that. So
1: Sometimes when I'm feeling fiery, you know? Or I'm annoyed about something. But I tell you, I'm just in a level mood right now. You've
0: been you that way for a while. What's wrong? What's going on? Well, wait,
1: hold on a second. So when I'm in a decent yeah. level-headed mood, there has to be something wrong. Yeah.
0: Why? I don't think that's that. What? It's you. It's you. You know this.
1: So you think? Listen, all right, all right. Is this some kind of? Uh, is this some kind of racism?
0: Uh, no, it, it, more of an intervention. I was gonna say, but I, I how think is it you're racism? racist.
1: I think what because I think what you're saying is I'm a fiery, hot-blooded Italian, and when I'm not being fiery and hot-blooded, you're assuming something. Um,
0: wrong. no, no. That if you were a Latino man, I would say that, but you're not. Ah, okay. Well, right, well, I would be racist if, if you if I were a Latino, look- and I'd be like, oh, you don't have any Latin fighter to you know, you know that I say fiery Latins more than fiery Italians, but I don't know, maybe that's where I True. grew up. So, but
1: I, I think I think a better stereotype for the Latinos are like they're oversexed right isn't <laughs> really that their deal i i, yeah, I not know they, that. Feel like the latinos are oversexed isn't that their uh
0: i first i'm hearing th- of that th- but go on the
1: italians have short tempers like that's the italian thing huh. i don't know i mean but, you do uh,
0: you definitely do but
1: what short temper yeah oh yeah
0: you think i'm short tempered i don't think you are It takes a lot to get you mad but then when you're mad it's it's hard to it's hard to let you go you, you know you get to a level like you, you you'll stay at about a 5 for a while but then something sets you off and then you're a 10 for like hours you, you know
1: see that is the problem. It takes a lot to rile me up, like in real life, not this goofy show, where, where you know, like a, a wrestling match can get me fired. That's different, but like in life, I think you nailed it on the head. It really does take a lot to rile me up. But then when you rile me up, I, I, my problem is I then cannot let it go, and I will beat you to death with it, and and it, 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 into submission, and that's my problem. But it takes a lot to get me there, so. You know, for anyone listening who has riled me up, and I've got—believe me, it took a
0: lot to get me up. <laughs> so there you go, a little little PSA from Joe. So anyway, we got a lot to cover today, so we'll get to the uh, the wrestling uh, here in a moment. I just want to let you know of uh, uh, if you want to help out the show, if you want to help out what we do here and the entire website, uh, voicewrestling dot slash Amazon. Anything you buy on there, we get a little bit back, and it helps us out. Also, com slash WWE shop. I know they've ran some sales. Uh, we've mentioned them on the Twitter account as well. A lot of good stuff going on there right now. Uh, again, anytime you buy a t shirt, uh, uh, whatever, uh, whatever the hell you buy on WWE shop, if you go to com slash WWE shop to do it, we get a little bit back. It helps us out. It helps us get the site up and running and buy new hosting and all that fun stuff anyway. So just want to get those out of the way uh, before we get to the wrestling. But uh, And next week, we will debut a very. <laughs> it's. Uh, you, I think you, you tweeted out a little bit of a, a, a preview uh, a week ago, but we've uh, we've reached the big time. We have, I'm retire I'm quitting my job. You are as well. Um, we have fi- finally uh, we, we we've secured a sponsorship and we're good. We're good for life. We're done. Like
1: wait, that's that doesn't start this week. No, it's
0: next week. Uh, I offered right. to do it this week and they said no. The guy bought it for next week and I went all right. <laughs> like I was going to give him a free week, but you know, hey, not my choice. Hey,
1: there's no freebies around here.
0: Well, I mean, I just as an act of goodwill, you know, get listen, that renewal.
1: This is a big time podcast, Rich, and you, you, you want you, listen. You want your product out there. You got to pay the big bucks, okay. So if they're not paid for this week, there's no freebies around here. Okay? Well, there you this go. Should then. have been discussed in the in the production meeting because I am, uh, I'm putting the foot down now the to fire Italian. you am
0: frazzled. They're, oh, you were ready to start <laughs> talking about our sponsor. Yeah, you're you're.
1: I was ready. I had the read right in front of me here. Yeah, no. Sorry. Sorry. Listen, no, I should
0: have mentioned that. I thought you saw it, but you you didn't come to the conference call, so I didn't know if you uh, if you knew.
1: I'm a busy man. <laughs> I I had a uh I had the uh health inspection in the restaurant today.
0: Ah, okay. All right.
1: And and let me tell you. I'm very annoyed with the health inspection because as, oh, listen, if Joel is running a restaurant... See, when I
0: said, how you doing? This would have been a good thing to say instead of getting your little pouty pants about how, you know, this is good, <laughs> this is good
1: stuff here. When, when Joel Anza runs a restaurant, it's a clean restaurant, let me tell you. And uh, we got a 97 on our health inspection today. Oh,
0: what's but, the three? What do you mean, oh, that's a pretty good... No, what's the three? School. I'm wondering what the three is.
1: You know what the three is? And this is why I'm annoyed. She found one housefly flying around the kitchen. And she marked us <laughs> three points for that. One, how, now listen, usually the standard, I don't know if you know this, Rich, usually the standard. I don't, of
0: course, but okay, go on.
1: Usually the st- you're sitting in your little cubicle, you don't deal with health inspections <laughs> yeah, on on the regular basis, so. Uh, the, the standard is three flying insects before it's a deduction. This was one housefly. I, I, I'm annoyed. The, the, the score should have been the clean hundred. It should not have been the 97 based on one housefly. Uh, based on the, the the official code, so, but I don't want to make a thing of it because I mean we got a fucking ninety seven, you know what I mean? So it's like
0: it's one I of those things do? where you got to be like, like you basically don't get a hundred. Is it one of those things where th- it, then they, they have no standards you, cause, they
1: cannot give you 100. right?
0: Because then if they give you a hundred, it's like all right now you know like you got to reach for something, right? There's got to be something wrong. It can't be perfect. It, it,
1: that's exactly it they just don't want to give you 100 right. so she made up this hokey housefly which i'm not even sure i saw okay <laughs> i'm i'm not even convinced there is a housefly flying around that kitchen but she claims there's one housefly so that had me all fired up see i was in a good mood you end up put you you drudge up the bad things in my life rich wow i'm sorry you you've, you, you made you reminded me that, that we got this 3 point deduction for the single housefly <laughs> i apologize
0: that's good, though. People want the angry Joe, I think. I don't, I don't know if anybody... Like, people like happy right. Joe, too, but it's got to be... They're, they're, they don't like sullen Joe. Like they, It needs to be one or the other, you know?
1: Sullen Joe. Yeah, like,
0: like what, what'd you lead it off with? You can't lead off with that. I need you at least... I need you at a, a, a 10 or a... Uh, or a 10 on either realm of, like, the happy Joe or, or, or you know, you know pumped-up Joe, standing in my... You know, pacing in my den Joe, or the I'm pissed off, fired up, you know?
1: Well, I, well I'll tell bills. you what. I got a haircut today, and as you know...
0: Yeah, you know, was it a good when a one? Man has a,
1: when a man has a fresh haircut, it's a tremendous haircut. What if it's a
0: bad haircut, though? I mean, that, that, it's not always that way. I
1: don't get a bad haircut. Okay. I go to Ashley every time. She takes care of me. Okay, she does a nice job. I go to her specifically. She knows exactly what I want. I don't have to tell her. Okay, but here's the thing. I swagger walked out of there today, Rich, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, I used to hit on this Ashley relentlessly going back about a year and a half ago. And boy, did she rebuff all of my attempts which is fine. It was more playful than serious. You know what I mean? Not like if she would have said, "Yes, I wouldn't have gone out with her." But you know, it's, it's I sit in the chair do the gimmick. That we we would play our little game, okay? And it never went anywhere. So I let it go. And and you know, I stopped hitting on her. And I think it annoyed her that she was no longer getting that attention. You know what I mean? Lately, she's been like asking me weird questions. Today, she came straight out with it. She says to me, uh, So, are you dating anybody? And I said, Ashley, that's none of your business. It's a very <laughs> rude question. Why don't you just get back to cutting the hair, right? You know, you don't ask a man that. Said, no, no, I'm curious. Are you dating anybody? And I was like, Look, look, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to answer that question. See, I think Ashley's now poking around because she hasn't been getting, you know, that, that playful attention from me. And now she wants to see what's up with Joel Anza. But you know what, Rich? I didn't give it to her. I did not give it to her. I refuse to give it. Here's the thing about you. Let me tell you something, Rich. If you make me chase, I lose interest. Okay. I don't know how you are. You're a married
0: man now. Um. Yeah, I wasn't a very good chaser. That's that's where I probably why I didn't date much because I was like, ah, it's not worth the trouble. Forget it.
1: When you see a lot of these women, they want to be chased. I'm not. That's not my personality. I'm not a chaser. If you if you make me chase, I lose interest. And she made me chase. But now I see. I, I, now now she's, like, poking around, asking questions, getting flirty back with me. And now I'm not interested anymore. I may have been interested a year and a half ago, but, you, you know, you, you, you tried to play the game. You tried to make me chase. I don't chase. I'm a down-the-business guy, Rich. Okay? Let's get to I'm it. Yeah, a shitter-get-off-the-pot guy. You know? You, you want to hang out with Jolanza? You want Jolanza to take you out for a nice meal? All right? Then then just say it. None of this chasing bullshit. Now, now I've moved on. I've got new targets, Rich. I
0: did that with uh, when I was doing online dating. Like there were a few, you know, girls that I would talk to, and they would sort of be like, "Oh yeah, I don't know." Like they would, I, I, you know, I don't want to get into the specific details or whatever. But you know, it was like the stuff where it was kind of like playing hard to get, or maybe next week, or oh, and I, I, I point blank a few times said, "Okay, look, we're both paying what thirty bucks or whatever. I forgot what match was. Let's cut to the chase. Yay, nay, yes, no." Let's go. Like, I'm wasting my time messaging you. You're wasting my time. Like, let's just, let's get it out there right in the open or whatever. And you like, some were actually refreshed by that. They were going, like, oh, okay, well, no, not really. And I was like, well, good. There you go. Like, why were we going to do that for a week? Like, what are we doing? There's so much exactly. else to, to do. There's this database of people out here. If you're not into it, if you don't want to do it, let's not, like, let's just, let's cut to the chase. Like, yes or no. Like, listen, there's
1: nothing sexier than database talk, so <laughs> right?
0: I'm. Let's go. Like this, we're paying though. We're paying for this thing. Like I, I it's not your, like you know. If I listen, meet to somebody in person, I, I get that a little bit. If you want to do the, a little bit, this is like okay. We both we signed up with the explicit intent to find somebody to date. You know what I mean? Like let's let's go. Like let, what are we doing?
1: You're checking off every crate box here. Okay, you mentioned that you're paying for it like four times. So there's that creaky crate a uh, wallet again. Yeah. You're like come on, we're paying. Time is money here. I'm paying money for this gimmick. And then you're very analytical about it. You're like, "Look, there's an entire database of women that's here." True. You know, you're like Mitt Romney in the last election cycle <laughs> oh, with his God. binder of women. You're like, "Listen, I got a whole database of women here. Let's uh, let's let's cut to the chase here. Toots is basically what you're saying here. But listen, I got to respect it because you're right. You know, you're right. There is a whole database full of women there. And look, if I'm not mistaken, that's where you found the nurse. Exactly right. In that database of women. So that's you true. know, you were obviously right. And these, see. If these women would have just, you know, sure get off the pot with Craig, mm-hmm. maybe they would have had that ring on their finger, right. been They'd on be that beach in South Carolina. Sitting in the Carolina.
0: other room while I'm sitting here talking to you, you know, <laughs> that's right. The great married had, life of
1: would have married this... Uh, this <laughs> sitting this in a
0: bed while your husband is in the other room talking to wrestling with uh, some Puerto Italian one of guys. His so
1: podcast for the week. <laughs> right. Yes, they could have had that life. Right, but rich, they blew it they because they, they, and and you're you're a man who took advantage of the database, and I got to respect that.
0: There we go. It's a money ball in me. All right, so let's get to the uh, let's get to the wrestling here uh, a little bit. Maybe it's like an analytical approach uh, to some of this wrestling, but yeah, we got plenty of cover. We got WWE Payback, a show I was at live, and we definitely wanted to talk about. Uh, we got wrestling Dontaku that was um, earlier this week. Of course, we got best of the Super Juniors. We now have the blocks and everybody that's uh, participating there. We have Global Wars, a show that I will be going to on Sunday that I'm pretty pumped for. Uh, and then some other news uh, around the world of wrestling, mostly in Japan, um, with a, a a big a handshake heard across the world. But uh, maybe maybe people don't know how significant it is. But we'll uh, we'll kind of talk a little bit about why it's so significant and, and kind of the background of it. But uh, you want to start with WWE Payback? We
1: got the Payback. We got the Dantaku. We want to do the Payback. oh Ryback.
0: Payback. The Ryback too. We forgot about that. I, I got completely... the Ryback absolutely. Jeez, there's plenty of it's stuff. Fun. Let's start with that. Uh, let's do Payback. I'm pretty okay. pumped about Payback. I thought it was a, I thought it was a fantastic show. Obviously, being there live. Uh, super fun to be at as well, and it just had a, a great vibe. I don't know. I haven't watched it on demand. I haven't watched it on the network. How did it come across to you, the viewer? Did it seem like that was a crowd that was just amped up? Because it was it was nuts the entire day.
1: It was a good crowd. Felt like a good crowd, yeah.
0: That's good enough. Well, the the one thing, you know, and we'll get to the matches, you know, when we sort of talk about them. But uh, the one thing I was super disappointed by, uh, you know what? I'll wait till I get there. I, I'll, I'll wait till I get there to sort of talk about it. But uh, overall thoughts on Payback before we go kind of match by match.
1: I thought that it was probably the best uh, WWE proper uh, event of the year so far, only topped by the NXT Takeover in Dallas. I think uh, pretty easily it was better than any other show WWE has had this year.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's safe and. and- I'm sure you agree with that. I mean, far and away better than WrestleMania, right? I mean, like night and day difference. Like, yeah, and I don't think anybody's gonna. I'd honestly be shocked if anybody (laughs) that that listens to this podcast. Maybe there's some, you know, casual fans that really liked WrestleMania because the Rock came out with like a flamethrower or whatever. But like, Rich, I
1: I don't know because a lot of people hated this show. Really, but it's like people were either oh, I yeah, but it was great. But then you have these weirdos, you know, because. It's like this Roman Reigns thing now has become the the new LOL Cena wins. Like people are annoyed when mm-hmm. Roman Reigns wins now, which they better get over that fast. Because
0: that's yeah, that's not going away anytime soon. So you might want to stop watching WWE if that thing annoys you. Because that's uh, I mean, that's... anyone
1: who thought this guy was losing the title, you know, ten minutes after he won it at WrestleMania, after that, you know, two year build or whatever. I mean, what, what were you thinking? Did you really think he was gonna lose? I mean, what's wrong with you? But um, th- that's sort of the thing that's yeah.
0: That's... There, were, I, I do remember that there were though people. There, there were people that were a little annoyed with some of the booking decisions as well, and, and there was stuff that annoyed me a little bit here. And we'll obviously get into detail when we talk about the matches. But overall, though, I mean, the work was too good for me to even to let any of that overshadow it. Because I mean, we're talking here. You know, you're talking about two or three like phenomenal, awesome matches. You know, a bunch of other stuff that was really good. Uh, the only match that really was, I mean, there was two that I would say were just like okay, and one of them was, you know, of course the match with, you know, the Enzo Amore injury, that one doesn't really count because it's like that barely even got off the table. I mean, that was a uh, less than four minutes, but everything else on the show was, was good. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I get that maybe you're a little annoyed by some of the booking decisions and, 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 you know, I was a little bit too, but it, it wasn't enough to, 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 derail the show at all for me. Cause I'm right with you. I think it's right up there with uh takeover Dallas. I think takeover Dallas is, is at the top and I don't know if anybody's going to pass that as far as WWE shows, but this one right here, I, I, I agree is uh, I, I would be shocked if WWE puts on a better, you know, main roster pay per view this entire year, I'd, I'd be shocked because this was this was you know tough standard to sort of follow. So um, let's let's jump right into it right now. So uh, pre show matches. I don't know. Did you watch? Did you watch the pre shows? You skip and go just go to the main show. Uh,
1: Joe Lanza doesn't do pre shows. I didn't okay, think so. I'm, okay. Well, I'm, you missed that. nothing. Show guy. All
0: yeah, right. you missed the uh, Ziggler and Corbin, which was was come on, it it was nothing. It, there was literally nothing to even note about this one. Uh, Kalisto Ryback was actually really good. They got about nine minutes. Uh, Ryback looked awesome in there, and he got like massive crowd. heat. He came out and did the, you know, the CM Punk, uh, entrance and, and, and just like, just being a big bully to Kalisto the whole time, did an awesome, you know, top rope gorilla press slam thing that just looked, it looked incredible. And, and Kalisto was just ragged out and all over the place for him. And it was, it was good. I actually thought this was a really good match. Blew away the WrestleMania pre show, but it's still the pre show. It's still less than 10 minutes. It's, you know, nine minutes. There's, there's only so much you can really do, but, uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Kalisto, of course, won, uh, and we'll get we'll get into more of Ryback because I don't want to do that now. Let's do that after we review the show. We can talk about him because I uh, kind of yes. derail a little bit. But anyway, we have much more about the Ryback coming up uh, in a little bit here. I'm but... told I
1: need. I'm told, to, I'm told that I need to watch that.
0: Cause... It's really good. I think you'd be shocked at how good. Ryback looked like and he must have known that he was going to do something the next you know what I mean like he seemed like he had just a weight off of his shoulders and just was work just out there working his ass off I don't know what was up and Kalisto too was just hyped up and the crowd was insane the entire time like I said Ryback came out and did the CM Punk thing. And that got people super pissed that he did the you know the 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 rubbing of the floor and then look at checking his watch and the, it's clobbering time and all that like so they were super into Kalisto then because they just wanted him to beat Ryback but uh, overall yeah I think it's, it's it's well worth your time I mean Ziggler Corbin do not do not well, I, you
1: know there's this a lot of people are really mad that Ziggler won this completely meaningless match Who cares? which baffles me too care. and it, well there's still this thing where it's like. People ironically liking Baron Corbin has turned into people working themselves into a shoot and unironically liking Baron Corbin. And I I think that's part of the issue here, too. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, but I mean, it's a it's a meaningless dark match, you know, pre-show, whatever you want to call it, opener. Who cares? Like, like, all right, even if you're a big Corbin guy. Um, like this isn't, it's not like this match is going to derail him or anything. And it's not like winning this match was going to springboard him. Come on guys, you know, this company by now. I mean, you know, who they don't build guys with, you know, long winning streak. No, it's, everybody it's 50, loses 50 matches until they decide.
0: Company. Yeah. It's 50, 50 until they decide they want to push you. And then you win a few times. Yes. Or, or so they just I mean, say, you are in a match now. And that's how you're, you know, you might not even win a bunch. You might lose a lot. And then they right. just go, you know what? You have a title shot now. There you go. All right. And then you win yeah, your title I mean, and then I you're good. Like that's.
1: Understand the company you're watching here. It doesn't mean a thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, this show you know especially I mean? was filled with guys who lost matches at WrestleMania and they got title matches or got like big time featured matches in their next pay per view. I just yeah I
1: mean, there you go. There you go. People lost matches at WrestleMania <laughs> and, they got world and, immediately, title shots. and immediately got pushed the next day. And you're worried about Baron Corbin losing a match that yeah. I can guarantee you Vince McMahon doesn't even remember that Dolph Ziggler-Baron Corbin match today. He doesn't even know what happened. It doesn't matter. Just relax. All
0: right. Then we move on to the opener. Uh, which was a super hot crowd as well. They were way in Enzo and Colin Cassidy. Of course, this was Enzo and uh, Big Cass versus the VOD Villains, uh, And this was the end of the tournament t- to determine the number one contender. Of course, nobody remembers anything that happened in the first four minutes of the match because it's completely irrelevant, because Enzo Amore had a gruesome-looking injury. Uh, thankfully, uh, so us in the arena, we basically, I saw him slide under the ropes or, or attempt to slide under the ropes and just collapsed. And uh, the thing that I noticed first off, because you couldn't really see, because where I was, I couldn't really see it ringside. The thing I noticed is immediately Colin Cassidy gets down there. He turns, like, red, and he just starts crying. And that's when I was like, oh, shit. Like, that that's something. And the problem was, is we you know, when you're in the live crowd, you have no idea what's going on. You know, they're showing the replays I hear on the network. Um, later in the show, they sort of announce that, hey, you know, it's only a concussion anything. We in, the, we in the crowd have no clue. As far as we know, this guy slid under the ring, didn't move. His tag team partner's crying. The, the ref throws up the X. They bring up a gurney. He has oxygen, and then he's wheeled out. And that's our lasting moment. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, thankfully, you know, I was on Twitter and I was sort of looking it up, but like 90% of the crowd had no clue what was going on with this guy, if he was dead, if he broke his neck, what was going on. So that was kind of um, a little bit disturbing. That sort of led to the next match we'll talk about here in a little bit. But um, what were your thoughts on the injury? And we've sort of, we asked a few wrestlers as well um, and, and different sources that we knew what kind of happened here cuz we we you know it happened so quick and you see the replays of uh, us not being in the ring we have no idea sort of what happened or what what the thing was what did you end up finding out from our different people that we talked to
1: well i figured you know what um we got some wrestlers that we talked to why don't i ask them they're the ones that are in the ring they're the ones that uh that that do this and put their bodies on the line uh, let them analyze it because i saw a lot of um wrestling fans trying to analyze it and that's fine but uh how about from the people who do it so What we did was, uh, I got three takes from three veteran wrestlers. We're obviously not going to say who they are because it's sensitive. They're talking about other wrestlers. They're not, you know, so you know what I mean? So I'm not going to name the wrestlers and and tell you who they are. I can tell you that they are three guys. All three of them are 10 plus year veterans. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, they're not
0: like trainees. They're not guys that just trained like two weeks ago. These are, yeah, exactly.
1: These are three 10-plus-year veterans, um, you know, who who know what the hell they're doing, okay? Um, so I'm going to not read them all verbatim, but let's go through them. The first guy was uh, critical of Gotch. He says that uh, Gotch ran him there with no room to go and uh, – and I quote, Gotch ran him there with no room to go and protect himself, uh, but it was half accident. If he lets Enzo protect himself, it doesn't happen. So basically what he's saying is – because there's some other comments there too where he clarifies a little. Basically saying that um, Gotch threw him into the a little too close to the ropes when he threw him in and didn't give Enzo room to properly slide underneath the ropes. So that's 10-year uh, pro number one. Um, the second guy had this to say. Just give me a second to pull it up. He says, uh, first I gave him the comments of the first guy, mm-hmm. and then he says, and I quote, yeah, I can see that, but if he was taking a normal bump through the ropes, it doesn't matter how much room. I personally think he was out of it from the corner knees from Aiden. So when Gotch threw him, he wasn't all there, so he tried to run but slipped. That's what I think happened. So the second pro doesn't put any of it on Gotch, and he thinks his opinion was Enzo was a little loopy from the previous slot in the corner. And wasn't you know may not have been completely out of it when he got whipped into the ropes, but you know uh, you know had his bell rung so to speak, right? And didn't have his bearings, and then uh, you know didn't get down quick enough to go underneath, and then we all saw what happened from there. Uh, let's pull up pro number three.
0: Dead air. Everyone loves <laughs> yeah. dead air. Uh, uh, so
1: <laughs> this guy says, there we
0: go. "I can chop that out, too." The magic of editing. Maybe I will. I probably won't. I'm not going to. I'm going to keep it in.
1: Good stuff. Voiceofwrestling.com uh, slash so you know, Amazon, my solo, by the way. There you go. And on the solo shows, I annoy everybody. Oh, God. Like, they damn. hate your dead
0: era. That's the first I'm, thing I'm, I get. You post one of those damn things, and then the rest of the Twitter account is, oh, Joe. <laughs> like, just, like, Listen,
1: I'm the master of the long pause. The long pause is very important because it lets my, my, my hot takes sink in, Rich. So I got to give him the long pause. Okay, here. Uh, I think Enzo was, End. Uh, I quote, I think Enzo was taking a nutty slide bump through the ropes and clipped his head. He was in control of his body the whole time. I'm watching it again, but I really think it was just a freak thing where Enzo zigged where he should have zagged. It'd be like if Mysterio clipped his head on the bottom rope doing the slide under the bottom face bump he likes to do. Okay, so Rich, what I gather from these three comments from three very experienced pros, uh, 10-year-plus veterans of the business, is – Sometimes these things just fucking happen yeah. <laughs> because all three of these men have completely different opinions of what happened and what occurred and a level of uh, – not necessarily blame because the first guy wasn't really blaming uh, uh, Gotch. He did go on to say, look, it's just it, – it, it's still an accident, but you know, accident the, – the bottom line here is these things are going to happen in wrestling because it's dangerous and you have three guys with three different opinions because – we really don't know what happened. It just it's just one of those things. Yeah, and I, if I remember
0: hey. correctly from from what you said, I think two of them thought he was sliding, and one thought he was taking a bump like through the ropes as well. So they don't even. I don't even know. Am I correct in that assumption that they don't even agree that what he was trying to do either? Yes.
1: Okay. So we got three opinions from three different guys, and and and, and they're all wildly different. Right. So, and 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 if we would have pulled ten wrestlers, I have a feeling we would have gotten you know ten different opinions on on what occurred here. I, I just. I don't think, um, you know, it, it's fair to blame anybody. I, I, look, look these things. See, my opinion, Rich. I'm amazed. I'm amazed that stuff like this doesn't happen. Oh, overall.
0: I am. I am always amazed too. I mean, there, there are. It pretty much happens to me anytime I see like, um, like almost on a, a like a daily basis of watching like a big Japan or anything like that, where these guys are doing like those belly to back suplexes, or they're doing even Owens um, when he takes uh, that. Uh, he takes that belly to back from, from uh, Zane uh, like, and usually does it on like, a ladder or something like that. Every time I see those guys' necks, and I just assume, oh, my God, your neck's going to break. Like, almost every time I see those, I don't know how these guys get up. And, yeah, like you said, those little things like running through the ropes, suicide dives, like that sort of stuff. You, know, you get even the springboards. I don't get how they don't fall all the time. Like, I'm, I'm amazed every time.
1: Yeah, and, and whether it's low level indie shows with guys who don't have the experience of like the three guys that we spoke to, or even the guys that were involved in this match who are in that performance center every single day doing this stuff, it's, it's, look. I'm amazed how good professional wrestlers are at what they do, and how this stuff happens so infrequently, which is kind of why it bothers me so much. That when you do have a freak accident, or when someone does get hurt, which is and this stuff is completely unavoidable in my opinion, it's going to happen from time to time. That's why it really bugs me when people get up on their soapbox and they want to ban everything, and and this is just everything's too dangerous, and we got to stop doing apron bumps, and we got to stop doing these bumps, and we got to stop. Man, if you really look at it, 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 there's a shockingly low percentage of bad things that happen. <laughs> yeah, in these given
0: matches. that there's what a thousand matches that happen probably any given weekend and across the world, and like, yeah, that, like, you know what I mean? Like,
1: you know, and it's like it's a couple times a year,
0: if that. I mean, I've legitimately seen it. I've been to hundreds of shows. I think I've legitimately seen three, like, real injuries, and, not, and I don't mean, like, guys, like, really, like, you know, getting paralyzed or whatever, but I mean, like, legit, like, okay, you know, they have to go out on a stretch or they have a real issue. Like, that. that's really all I've ever seen is that. Like, of course, I'm not counting, like, twisted ankles or, oh, you know, I kind of got broke up in a hard way or, oh, my elbow kind of hurts, but, like, legit, like, oh, my God, my neck or, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I got knocked unconscious. Like, honestly, probably four times my entire life watching wrestling.
1: I mean... B.J. Whitmer hurt his neck on that apron pile driver a couple years ago. Remember that? Yeah. And, oh, man, people could not wait the soapbox. A ban apron move. You no know more apron move. He's apron move. Has anyone ever gotten hurt on an apron move since? I mean, but every time someone does an apron move or does an apron bump, you still have people ranting and raving about apron. Bu- no one ever gets hurt on these apron bumps. I mean, it's the most overrated thing, like ranting and raving about these Abramba. It's like, but you know, it, it. And we go through this with the we, we went through this with the Styles Clash too, you know. And it's like, um, it, it's just you know, it, the thousand these thousands of wrestling matches every week, and the injuries are so infrequent. These these people are so good at what they do at all levels. It's it's amazing to me how and and you know. Maybe me and you are coming from, again, more of a sports background where we see guys get hurt every single oh, day, yeah, and yeah. Maybe, maybe we're a little jaded to it. I don't know. I mean, you know, we watch sports. We see guys, you know, tear their ACLs. Oh, I, and, I've
0: seen and, more guys. I've, I've played basketball with more guys that have blown out their knees just playing rec basketball or rec league basketball than I've seen guys get seriously hurt in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, I have seen guys dislocate kneecaps. I've seen guys dislocate elbows, you know, real bad injuries on a basketball court. And I never play football. Like I don't even. That's not even counting football, where there's just a horrific energy every every play. You know what I mean? Like like yeah, any given I mean, play in the NFL, you look and it's like, oh yeah, that guy's you know blue as Achilles. He's out for his career. Whatever. Oh, this guy tore his ACL. All right, move him on. Like,
1: and you don't think about it again.
0: Right. I mean, <laughs> get him on the cart. Get him out of here. Let's go. All right. Cool. <laughs> Next guy.
1: It's just because you accept that right. sports are physical in nature and these things are going to happen. Now, granted this this looked like a neck injury which is something I thought really so too different. yeah and i'm not downplaying that at all and of course and of course it reminded everyone of perro Aguayo junior it was a very similar in nature um you know so you know look i i recognize that but i'm just talking in general uh, it's amazing to me how good these people are at what they do and how they keep each other safe and it, it and and i think uh, it, there's so few injuries that it's and and the thing is wrestling continues to get more inherently dangerous uh in terms of um 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 you know the athletic stunts that these people are pulling off and 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 still the injury rate is so incredibly low
0: well the thing that i yeah. always bring up and we've actually asked wrestlers about this as well um it went, you know back in our interview our, our heavy interview days that I don't get, and it's happening even more in wrestling, is, like, when you're against a guy who doesn't speak your language. You know what I mean? Like, and they tell me, oh, you know, the, the, the language is wrestling. Wrestling is universal language. But still, to me, that blows my mind that it's like, because, you know, Zayn and Nakamura just talked about that. They didn't, they, you know, they didn't touch each other. They didn't do anything before they went and did their match. You know what I mean? Like, to have that timing still be that good, and to know what to do when you're in a ring with a guy that, that doesn't know your language. Maybe you say something, it, it gets lost in translation. He thinks you said this. You said this. You've never worked with each other before. Like that stuff that I'm always like, oh my God. Like you know, and like it's happening so more so more often because we're getting a global I mean wrestling is, is super global now. You're getting guys that are coming over. You have Osprey running over to, to, to Japan to face Kushida. You have you know it, it's just like crazy when you look at the amount of global wrestling that's happening between people that speak different languages and different cultures and everything. And to have it never really result in any horrible injuries is crazy. Like, that to me, that blows my mind of, of that. And, and like, I, like you said, we've had people on there that have said, oh, wrestling is a universal language. I, man, it's just, to me, it blows my mind still that you could just never, almost never have a loss in translation with that. I, I, it just I, I, it boggles my mind.
1: That stuff amazes me, too. I remember, I know I've said this on the show before, too, but I asked Lance Storm once. How do you wrestle people who don't speak your language? And his answer was just – his answer was you just wrestle.
0: Right, which is that, that so boggles my mind. Like I, I can't even fathom They can't even that.
1: explain it either. It's, you know, <laughs> but I mean it's, it does it – do, that does amaze me too. But look, the point, look, it turns out he had a concussion, which is really in this scenario the best-case scenario because, again, it looked really scary. It looked like uh, an awful neck injury. I mean he was knocked out instantly. And the way his neck bounced, I mean, I think everyone was thinking the worst, and I could see why everyone in the building uh, was was terrified at, at what they saw, and 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 just grossed out by it. But um, you know, it all worked out for the best. Ba- I mean, he got out of the hospital that night. Obviously, they're very careful with the concussions. Now, we have to think about now, now that we know that you know he's for the most part okay. You got to worry about. Unfortunately, you got to worry about the guy's push now, because we've seen guys get concussions in the past, and then the company is very cautious yes. from that. Look at Fand- Fandango's career; has never recovered from having a concussion. I don't think
0: Dolph Ziggler's ever did either.
1: Dolph Ziggler's never recovered. They just don't. They're afraid you're going to have more of them, and then they're afraid to get behind you because you know one one tricky bump, and you're on the shelf again until the doctors clear you, and they just. This, you know, the show must go on and they want to keep it moving. Yeah. And this is a pretty hot act. I mean, they were over instantly when they came up. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle him moving forward in terms of his push. And if they're a little balky about it, um, you know, considering that it's a head injury.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so we'll move on to the next match here, which is Owens and Zayn. And this is the one I sort of mentioned. Um, as they're sort of wheeling Enzo out and giving him oxygen or whatever, they start playing the hype video. For, for this match. There was like almost no delay. They like dimmed the lights and put this video on and nobody cared. Like nobody was paying attention. Everybody was kind of looking at their phones, hushing, you know, oh my god, what you know, like kind of talking about what's going on. Hey, what happened? I missed it. You know, people had videos on their phones. They were showing like a gif. Oh, here's what happened. Or oh here and and then these guys come out and I felt so bad because the heat was just there was none. These guys had I don't know if you could notice on, on the WWE network, but like the first few minutes of the match, nobody cared. Nobody was into this feud. And this is supposed to be a big feud. I mean that video was awesome too it went into their background it went into the detail of why they're fighting it was a really good thing and it's 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 freaking Kevin Steen and El Generico it's Owen so Zane like you know what i mean like and then the first minute like i said you know on, on the preview they did the fry Takayama, you know punch exchange Zane did the uh, you know the 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 flip over the over the top rope they just they like a bat out of hell they were both fighting fighting going nuts you know having even at the beginning, an awesome match and nobody cared because everybody was just so worried. And it, it was like, I felt so bad for those guys. Cause it was like, ah, you know, you need some sort of buffer there. I, I don't know what you do. I, I don't know what anybody who would want to be in that situation, but these guys were just, they were, they were dead in, in this situation. Like there was nothing they could do to get this crowd up because the crowd had just, we don't know. Did the guy just die in the ring and now we're watching you wrestle? Like, I, I don't care about your feud, you know, thankfully though. um, And this is a testament to them. And I really wanted to point this out when we did the show is that, They still... And and that's a testament to how good these guys are. About five minutes in, about six minutes in, the match itself won about 15 they had you. And then at the end of the match, like I, I people were going nuts in the last five minutes, you know, people were going just crazy for the spots. And I thought this was an incredible match, you know, in my review, but for them to be able to grab that crowd from where we were and where they were, I'll say in sort of that sense of, of just like worrying about that guy and worrying, Hey, why could we possibly care about, you know, how could we possibly care about this match and your feud and, and you guys, when we don't know what just happened in the ring there, that guy, you know, for them to still just say, Hey, look, we're so good. That we're gonna draw you into this, regardless of what just happened, you're gonna get so contained in this story and in this match that you're gonna love it anyway. That to those guys, I mean, they are so so good, and I could see Owens even at his point, they were trying to ham it up a little bit more to say, okay, let's go, let's go. They must have. I hope that they knew that he was okay, or they heard something. I don't know what it was, but man, for them to do as well as they did in that situation and not just to freeze up, these guys are so good. They're just so. These two dudes are so talented.
1: Yeah, they went out there and they, they got you guys right back. Um, I didn't
0: think they just, were going to do it. I thought the show was dead. I, I was like, man, this show's done. Like It's going to take until that main event for anybody to get hyped up about anything ever again.
1: That was a great match. And, um, you know, Zane got off to a shaky start on the main roster. And I, I, I really do think a lot of that was he really wasn't in the best of shape when he first came back. And he's starting to get in better shape. And, um, you know, it, it's... And it was the right finish, I think. And um, this was just a classic Owen Zane. Matt, look, this wasn't the best match they've ever had. It, it might not have been one of the five. Best no, it's far matches. from it. it. Far from it, I think.
0: But Which is not a not match. not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. They've had incredible <laughs> matches together. So,
1: yeah. So I think I had it at like four and a quarter or something. Um, you know, short of the match of the year level, but um, a great match. And under, like you said, under really really difficult circumstances.
0: But and, and we know Owens look. is a is good friend. I mean, because there was a video that or a picture that Owens tweeted out later in the night, where he was at the hospital visiting Antel. So, so we know, like, of course, that they're pretty close. So like, just imagine that on your mind, and then having having to have this style of match about you know a hate feud style match after just seeing that for them to be able to do that is just it's incredible.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it's you, you got to go out there and do your job though. Yep. You know, and and um, and I'm sure while we were all still sort of not knowing what the hell was going on with Enzo, you know, maybe these guys did, you know, not to say that they still weren't concerned, but, um, you know, who knows what was going on in the back? You know, they, they took all the proper precautions and strapped him to the, to
0: the, mm-hmm. gurney but I think someone said that really. they were getting movement from his hands or whatever. And maybe, maybe they knew, okay, this is probably just a concussion. Maybe he was just blacked out or because like in the arena, we're thinking, Oh my God, he hasn't moved. Like, cause you don't see him moving. You know what I mean? And you, you cause he was got knocked out. Right. And
1: you didn't know that. you. Just thought you thought he could have been paralyzed, right? Um, but you know, so it's. But yeah, they, they went out there. You know, look, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do, and it was unfortunate that this super intense, heated rivalry video had to play right after. Yeah, that. I mean, it was... it's just bad luck. I mean, we know, what are you gonna do? You know, how did how do you feel about how did you feel about? I saw people being critical of this. How did you feel about WWE replaying the Enzo bump at least three or four times?
0: Um. So did they did that in the arena on the big they screen? They did not. They, the only time they did it in the arena was right before the main event, and we didn't get to see what was happening, but essentially they showed it on the big screen. And I don't know why they did that because they didn't put any like audio to it. It just showed it on the big screen. But we sort of safely assumed that they weren't going to show that at that point. Unless it was, hey, you know, Enzo is at a you know local medical facility, he had a concussion, you know, something like that. At that point, I already knew, and I think everybody sort of had a sigh of relief when they showed it on the jumbotron of saying, okay, it couldn't have been that bad because they wouldn't have showed it. And then I come oh, home so to see seeing- to you. That was the signal, right. of... Yeah, but everybody in the arena or I look on Twitter when I come home and people are like, oh, my God, they showed it like 15 times. I had one person say, oh, I think it's a work because why would they show it so many times if it wasn't a work? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? So I don't know what happened exactly. Uh, what, how often did they show it and when did they show it? They,
1: sh- they showed it a couple of times while he was being attended
0: to that. I would have maybe held in the can.
1: Well, see. I have a different take on this. And maybe people just think I'm being cold. But again, maybe this comes from watching sports all these years. Sports shows replays like that when guys get hurt. I mean, you know, even in the NFL, when guys have those violent head to head collisions and someone's laying there and it's sort of the same scary deal where you don't know what they, they show those replays a thousand times. Um, I, I don't know. Again, maybe I'm just numb to it from watching sports all these years. It didn't bother me. Um, it, it's like people were really going insane like, how dare you show that replay? I don't know, man. I, you know, it's very rare. That, that you know, in, in sports where they don't show those replays, am I wrong?
0: I, I, um, I mean, I think it's even
1: the... even when I understand it's a neck thing.
0: Right. That's that's where I would difference. say I, I would draw a little bit of a line there. Like I get like, you know, there, there's ones where they even showed, you know, like a Willis McGahee. That's the famous one of him. Just his knee exploding. Uh, and they showed that one a few times. I feel and like those t- are legs,
1: and that's different. Yeah, Chief I feel Deisman, like we've all seen that a million times. You know, I but those are legs. That's not life threatening.
0: Yeah, I feel like if like a pitch went back to the pitcher and hit him in the face, and he just like collapsed or whatever, I feel like they would maybe not show that one right away. Like, that, I think that's the difference. Is he, those guys aren't in like a lot of the ones that are a lot of the examples that we see. These guys aren't in like life-threatening situations. It's more or less just like a gruesome, gruesome injury. Uh, you know, they're of course in a ton of pain or whatever. But this was one where you legitimately didn't know if this guy was alive at this point. You, you know, like well, you knew Willis he was alive. His knee had just exploded. And he was in a yeah, ton of pain. Just a leg, right. right? So that that's where I'd maybe draw the line a little bit. But you mentioned that you know the NFL will do a few of those where they show the guys. I feel but, like you know,
1: any Sunday in the NFL.
0: It's a pretty morbid league though. So I don't know if I'd you take examples. Someone
1: laying there. I'm, I but I'm being serious. I yeah, feel yeah. like I see that every week. And and it's like and 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 those are head and neck injuries and stuff. And I'm not trying Look, I'm not Look, it just might come off cold to people. That's fine. But I I just I I I I feel like I'm a little more numb to that. I I wanted to see it. I wanted to see what the hell happened. I mean, I didn't I, I didn't have a problem with it. Um and I didn't feel like and it's hard for you cuz you were there. And again, you don't know how many I I didn't feel like they were gratuitously showing it over and over.
0: Right, that's a big distinction. A way, as
1: well. I, I to me personally, I don't think it was gratuitous into the point where they were uh where where it crossed the line of good taste. I I I felt like every time they they showed it it was kind of just to show us what happened. I mean, I I was curious to see what happened. I mean, I don't know. I I understand people don't look, I I get that some people don't like looking at that sort of thing and that's understandable. I don't have a problem with that. But um, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was it was over the top or gratuitous. But I I can at the same time I see where some people might have.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the before we move on, one of the distinctions, and I think this is always true with with the NFL in general, is that people they're like these because gla- they're wearing all this equipment, they're wearing helmets or whatever, and it's it's football. People kind of assume these guys are just like these gladiators that are just out to you know to kill each other. Whereas I think there's a big difference if that happened in. Uh, say, a basketball or a wrestling where you see the guy's face, you see everything, you know, see his emotions, you see all that sort of yes. stuff. Like, I, I think that's – because people just don't have, like, an emotional attachment to football players when they get hurt. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit there where people are concerned, but I, I feel like in general it's just these people just think these guys are – and for the large part they kind of are just these gladiators that, you know, put all this equipment on and then just go kill themselves for your enjoyment. No, you're I mean, right. The
1: helmet, the helmet thing in football is a point a lot of people make where it makes – it sort of makes them just faceless, Yeah. you know – avatars they're just you know they're just these faceless uh you know guys out there because you don't you can't see their face and that is a big thing yeah where
0: you see enzo oh, and you see yeah. his eyes roll back to his head and you're like oh geez like that's kind of you know
1: and to be fair there are plenty of people critical of the nfl showing those types of replays. Right. and if you're one of those people and you're being consistent then i don't have a problem with you you know what i mean that then i don't have a problem with that you just don't think you know those things should be shown i i get that and i'm okay with that i'm saying for me personally it didn't it didn't really bother me um you know, and if it turned out he was seriously injured, I mean, I got to be consistent. It's it's you know you don't know that in that moment, and they're just they're just trying to show sure. the viewer what happened and why this guy's laying there. I I and and I do think you're right. I think when they started showing it later in the show, I I, I kind of feel like they sort of knew it wasn't as serious as it looked. Otherwise, I I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. That's probably bad to give this company the benefit of the doubt. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if they would have showed the replay later in the show the way they did if they weren't sure that it wasn't as right. serious as
0: it looked. I agree. I'm with you on that. So, uh move on to the next match. Uh Intercontinental Championship the Miz, uh, the champion defending against Cesaro. What do you think of this match? I was just kind of eh. it was fine, but I don't know. <laughs> like, Man, you were burying this match. Uh yeah.
1: Um you were burying this match. I was a decent little match. I didn't have a problem with it. Um I thought it was good.
0: I, I was bearing people that said it was going to be the sleeper match of the night, and
1: well, it was not. It was probably at best. Let me see. It was passable. <laughs> it was no better. It was no better than the fourth best match on the show, and in a six match show where one match went three minutes and a guy almost died. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> when you're the fourth best show under those circumstances, a fourth best match on the show, then yeah, it didn't come close to. Uh, to be in the sleeper match of the show, but here's the thing: I, I thought the five full matches on this show were all were all pretty good, and I know people are going to rip me when we talk about the women's match, but um, uh, you know, so I like this match too. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought um, I thought the Miz was fine. I thought Cesaro was fine, but it was nothing special.
0: All right, so move on to the next match: Ambrose, Chris Jericho. This one went almost twenty minutes. Uh, I was very critical of this at the beginning, and and I was sort of talking about you know Jericho as a whole and and this entire run that he's had in WWE and how you know his mind's you know working faster than his body is these days and the styles matches and it, I was putting those on Twitter and I was you know as it was going on I was sort of talking that, but they to their credit they gave him a lot of time and they they sort of worked through it and I thought at the end it became a legitimately a a, a really good match like. I don't know if I'd put it, I'd probably put it the third best on the show, but that's not bad for this considering where it was, you know, in the first 10 minutes or so. But the last half w- was really, really good. And I thought really good action from Ambrose and from Jericho. Uh, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. What would you think?
1: Yeah, I I liked it. I gave it four stars. I, uh, I It was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm curious what Meltzer gave it. It's
0: he gave it. I was actually about to mention that because he, you know, what would you guess that Dave Meltzer gave it?
1: No less than four.
0: Three and three-quarter.
1: Eh, close.
0: But we'll get to another match, and I want you to see uh, where you and Dave waver on, on that rating as well. So, oh, so remember ooh. that one. Three, okay. three and three-quarters for Ambrose and Chris Jericho. But I was surprised you went four. I, I liked it a lot. I don't know if I would have gone four, but but um, it, it was solid. It, it was me in
1: by the end. Yeah, and it
0: really did, I mean, yeah.
1: I really like the finish. I like uh, Jericho uh, going for the uh, whatever he calls his move with the fucking knees. I, I, I'm i terrible with
0: the name The code breaker.
1: The code breaker, and then Ambrose reverses it, and then turns it into the uh, the uh, double arm DDT. What's he called? The dirty
0: deed. Dirty deed. Yeah. He
1: calls that. Uh, but I like how there was some struggle there, where he was struggling to lock his yeah. his knuckles.
0: And Ambrose and is so good at conveying did. that too. I mean, you know, I mean, just every part of his body is moving like crazy, and you can see his facials. I mean, that guy is so good. Yeah. There's people that and, don't like and, uh, them. I don't get it. Like there are people that legitimately like I get it he doesn't go out there and have like spectacular matches but how can you not be emotionally attached to this guy when he's in the ring? Like I don't get it. I really don't. He's
1: had well here's the thing He's had matches that were that felt like they were a million years long and didn't and didn't land.
0: Yeah, most the of them were against match. Bray Wyatt. I mean, and,
1: like, the, and the Bray Wyatt match. Well, that's I don't match. think
0: that's his fault. I'm gonna um, go I'm gonna go on a limb he, and say that's not Dean Ambrose's fault. But
1: I, listen, yeah, I'm Bray Wyatt has shitty think,
0: million year long matches with everybody. So
1: I'm with you, man. <laughs> right. I I would argue I would argue Ambrose has been the best guy in the company so far this year. Um, oh, you are going to get as as some. You
0: are going to get torched for that one, uncle, but geez. who cares? I, you know, let's see. I am give joking. opinions here,
1: but uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've I think he has more four star matches than anybody else in comedy this year, according to uh, to my records. But uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, no, I am with you. I, I think that, but I am just telling you why. Yeah, he gets shit from people because he does have sometimes these matches that just don't land. And, uh, you know, and, and I, but I think you make fair counterpoints, but I
0: like (laughs) counterpoint is Bray Wyatt. My only counterpoint was, yeah, Bray Wyatt's shitty though. So that's, that's a good, it's a fair one though,
1: but, but I really like the finish here and, and I like the clean finish. And then, you know, obviously we found out that Jericho was gone, uh, from the company. After that which okay, I, I, don't, I don't mind Jericho going away again. Yeah, it's it's
0: all right, and that's that's so sort I was conveying on Twitter is that I I, I think he's still a, a smart worker. I think he knows what he's trying to do, but the body is just really kind. Of, I mean, he's forty five years old, and you could tell he's just he, he's kind of sloppy. It's just not. I don't know. It's just never clicked with this one. I mean, he had just like legitimately like. Average to bad matches with AJ Styles, and if you can, ha- if you can't have a great match with AJ Styles in 2016, I, I don't know, man. You-, you know what I mean? Like it, it might just kind of be done for you. But I uh, had a good one with Ambrose, so I won't, I won't lie. Maybe it's better to ha- be m- it- with a guy that's a little bit more grounded or a little slow. I, I don't know, but maybe that's sort of his level at I this think- point.
1: I think bad is strong for the AJ matches. They were, okay. yeah, I don't know,
0: they were good.
1: Um, but- I mean, but tremendously disappointing. I think
0: tremendously disappointing would probably be a better.
1: He had the – that's fair. He had the Royal Rumble match with Owens, which I really liked. I thought that was the best match on the show. Um, He had the match – what's the February pay-per-view called? Fastlane. Fastlane or some shit. That was the three-way with Brock and Reigns, which uh, I thought was the best match on that show. And then I'm trying to think. Uh, then you've got uh, this match here, which which I, it looks like maybe I liked more than – look, if I liked it more than Meltzer did and it was a Jericho match, <laughs> then I might be the high man on it. But I really like this match. So as far as the you know the main roster, it's not like anybody in NXT is tearing it up on a consistent basis so far this year. Um, I think it's fair to say Ambrose is right in the conversation with anybody else in terms of that company so far this year. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this match.
0: Absolutely. So we'll move on now to the uh, the women's championship match. You had Charlotte, the champion, with Ric Flair, uh, defending against Natalia with Bret Hart. Um, yeah, w- what you like this match or you I didn't? It. Huh. No, I did. Go like on, it. go on. I'd like to. I'd be curious.
1: I didn't think it was great. And I thought, um, see, here's the thing with Charlotte, and I feel like I say this every month when we talk about Charlotte's matches. I don't think she's nearly as she is, and she's very sloppy. And I thought. Uh One spot that really emphasized that was uh and Natty worked her ass off in this match first of all, uh, she was kind and of slow
0: though too. They were both very slow at the beginning, like they they didn't she, seem like they knew what the hell they wanted to do for about the first five minutes of the match.
1: I thought Natalia did a lot of stuff here that she doesn't normally bust out. She tried to do a hurricane outside the ring, and Charlotte just did not go over for it. I thought that was a very embarrassing yeah, that spot. Was... Um, I don't think it's like Charlotte didn't know how to take that bump. I don't know what was going on with that. Actually, I think she might have been afraid of the ring steps. I think it was it was the ring steps were sort of in the vicinity. And I think she was scared of the ring steps. I think that's what happened on that. But anyway, it was a little sloppy in spots. Look, I don't think Charlotte's as good as people say. And I don't think she's as bad.
0: As I think that's fair. that's fair. That's I, fair.
1: I, she's very I'm kind athletic, of there. too. I'm kind, I'm kind
0: of in between on her. Like, yeah, I think the, the hatred is a little strong for her. I don't think it's that bad. She
1: does um, a lot of things well. I think she projects her character. Uh, I think she's she's much better as a heel, and 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 projects uh, being a heel very well. The thing with Charlotte is, yes, her work's a little sloppy, but I I like the way she attacks a body part. She's kind of old school, you know. And 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 no, her psychology isn't perfect, and her work certainly isn't perfect. She isn't smooth a lot of the times, but there are a lot of things she does well. Look, her moonsault is excellent. It's a moonsault, fantastic. She gets good height on it.
0: Live, it's incredible to watch. Like, to see how high she goes, even live, it's like that's when you really get how, how, like, physical of a specimen she is of just how tall and how, like, leggy and how it's just, it's crazy to see that moonsault live. I was shocked at how beautiful that looked.
1: She is a good athlete, if not the smoothest athlete. Uh, she does a great job. And I tell you another thing she does with that moonsault, and I noted this. I th- I may have said this on Twitter. I don't remember. She lands on her toes. She never lands on her knees when she comes down with that moonsault, and I think that's important because it's not going to put a lot wear into. It's like Cavernario when everybody he is another guy when he does the, the his <laughs> when he does his tw- two or three times a year, which Rob Viper always tries to tell people, but they don't listen. He saves it for the big shows. He usually only does it in Japan. But when he does that dive off of the turnbuckle to the floor and he does that splash, everybody goes nuts and, they—they they, they, you know, they everyone's worried about another man's knees. But the thing is, if you watch that, he always lands on his toes. His knees never hit the ground. His torso hits the man's body. His toes bounce off the floor, and it's the same thing with Charlotte. Her toes always bounce off the floor first. So unless you're worried about long-term toe damage with these <laughs> Turf people, toe,
0: maybe maybe a bad case okay, Yeah, her I, I
1: mean, if, if you're worried about jammed toes, then then go right ahead. Those hurt, um, but you know, those hurt, man. She, she, a lot she, of them. From but yeah, beautiful Um, You know, she could be a little reckless at times. We've seen her, you know, bust people's noses open and things like that. But I'm somewhere in the middle with her. I don't think she's some kind of great worker. Uh, but I don't think she's a complete piece of shit either. And I'll tell you, I, you know, I watched this match, and and when the match was over, I kinda, I I was annoyed with the finish. Like everybody oh, the else, finish was was. Horrendous. it's it's stupid. There's no one could possibly have enjoyed the finish no. or thought that the we're not finish even. Was I don't even want to talk about that because it's so fun. dumb.
0: It's the Stum Munchel job. They've done it three thousand times. You know, they've done it th- five times with Brett alone in the. Co- it's like who can possibly care about that anymore? Like.
1: Brett buried it himself by the way. Yeah. Uh, so, you
0: know Well, the other thing too, there- I'm in the crowd and, and there's a lot of casual fans around me as well. Like, you know, it's just not all like, you know, smarky smarks smarks out there. And even those, like there was a guy in front of me who had a Payback shirt and a Payback program and all that, and he just went, "Oh, that was stupid." And I was like, "Yeah, even this guy didn't like it." And that guy loved everything. Like, you know what I mean? That's the guy who was a chant for Roman Reigns, the guy that lo- he loved all the baby faces, hated all the heels, had a program, bought a t-shirt, and he thought this sucked too. So it wasn't just yeah. us that thought it was sucked, you know what I mean? Like and the crowd, That's you could I mean. hear it. Like they just the, the the balloon, the air letting the air out of the balloon, that finish happened and everybody just went, ugh, you know? Not one yeah. person was actually upset by it or booed. Everybody was just like, oh, come on, really.
1: I, I think the thing with Charlotte too, and why people are, are so hard on her is because Meltzer is not hard on her. And will not point out her Bingo. flaws, and people think he's doing that because he's tight with Flair, obviously, and they don't think he's being fair with her. And it's you know, Meltzer's a smart guy, and he obviously knows she has knows that she has flaws, but he never points them out, and I think that bothers people. It does. So people go very hard
0: the other There's way. There's a big culture. There's a big culture of uh, what Dave says. I do the opposite, or I, I like the opposite, or whatever. And, and yeah, whether sometimes it's fair and sometimes it's not. And yeah, I, I feel like Charlotte's well, not very it's- fair with.
1: Well, yeah, but I, I think it's not very fair that that people go so hard the other way and in, in terror as, as far as far as they do as hard as they do. But I do think it's fair. criticize her. he doesn't. I mean, that is fair. That that point is fair. He doesn't. He won't. He doesn't point out her. Flow. If her, if she wasn't Charlotte Flair, I I do feel like that he would he would treat her a little differently. I I do think that part of it is fair, and I'm not. You know, I'm not one of these guys who is anti Dave Meltzer at all. I mean, you know, I admire the guy; I like him. Only, you know, I stay away from that stuff, and I think sometimes people are way too hard on Dave because Dave is allowed to have opinions. I think people, yeah, that's nothing to do with Charlotte. Um, But I think that what annoys me sometimes is people getting on Dave for star ratings, or people getting on Dave because he says. Act, you know, so and so is a mediocre worker. Dave is a reporter and a journalist, yes, but he's also someone who's allowed to have opinions. Right. He's built and his, and his really career buy-
0: not just on being a journalist, but on giving opinions as well.
1: Yes, and and like anyone else, you're entitled to disagree with his opinions. But and I think people come down too strongly for simply having opinions.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. That that's that's been a problem with me. And yeah, I, I I know that he he maybe should toe that line a little bit better and maybe be a little bit more on the facts and jer- but that's never been him. I mean, if you wanted that out of him, then you have. The, I don't know what gave you that idea that he was. He's never been that ever, ever, ever. Go back and read an old <laughs> he's, Observer. He's a he's a little whiny bitch in a lot of the old Observers. You know what I mean? Like he's always been opinion based.
1: He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's allowed to have opinions. Right. When, when, he's doing, when he's doing a story on, uh, you know, a serious story, if he's injecting his opinions into something like that, that's one thing. But he doesn't do that. When he's doing something journalistic, he sticks to journalism. Yeah, those bios are always
0: very, very, very fair. They're always fair. Yeah, right. They're always, but,
1: but if he's reviewing wrestling matches or telling you what he thinks of of of, uh, of of a random, ra- he's allowed to have an opinion just like you. I, you know, and I think people
0: come down. Yeah, he doesn't need to have a universally agreed upon rating for every single match, and like you know, like like oh well, no, that you can't possibly have liked that match. You know, you know, there's no way. Like well, maybe he did. I don't know. Like and there's reasons we, we, why. I mean, of course, but yeah, it like that that's fine. Like you're allowed to do that. Just adjust your your you know. Understand that he gives a Jericho match or a match that has a ladder in it four stars and then you're done. Like, that's right. That's <laughs> if right. Edge's Edge is in it, nor four stars. If it's Edge We're and edge Jericho in a and ladder. ladder, forget it. If Randy Orton's in it and there's a ladder and there's Edge, pff, maybe, maybe it might total line of four and a half. Like that's it. Like you know those and then you just read on. It's like it's whatever. Like, and, you just,
1: and just have fun with it. And move on. We poke fun <laughs> with it every time. Right. You know, because you you think, you know what he likes. You know what his take. You know, but yeah, but I, but he 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 his look. We all know he's friends with Flair. We all know he just doesn't want to go there. You know, and 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 should he? Probably, yeah. He should be critical of Charlotte the way he is of anybody else. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I enjoyed this match. I you yeah. Know, I, I don't know, man. It I was okay. I mean, I thought it was fine. That nobody liked either.
0: Yeah, so, you did like those. Maybe. Yeah, you were kind of nuts on those. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe you is Ric Flair also <laughs> feeding you info here or what? Maybe I don't see the DMs. Maybe. It must be to your own account so damn all right yeah you never know that's but fine. i mean it's like <laughs>
1: look i'm not saying that these charlotte matches are matches of the year I'm yeah i'm yeah, saying no. that
0: they're this they one wasn't as awful them. as people said but i i just thought it was kind of it and essentially it it never quite got going and then i thought the finish for me in my opinion was it never quite got going it was a little sloppy it was a little slow a little weird and then that finish basically just evaporated anything i could possibly have thought of the match. it was just like uh, th- that's one of those matches where normally i don't let a finish completely disrupt what i was thinking of the match but I, anything they did before that almost was completely evaporated by that finish, which was just so stupid and so lame. So I, Absolutely I don't know. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, I have a new thought on Flair as the valet. Okay. Or the re- or the manager, whatever the hell you want to call him. Can you call a dude a valet, or is that strictly a?
0: Um, we're we're gonna do it because we dude don't care. Be a valet, you know, hey, right? we don't care. Yeah. So uh, we're not. We are so not gender anyway. specific on the show, right? We love everybody. <laughs> Jesus,
1: uh, it, it, we've ripped Flair pretty hard for being pretty useless as a manager. Oh, he has. Been. On this show, I think we've both been pretty consistent on that. But you know, I was thinking about when I was watching this. Do you think that's by design? Because he doesn't want to overshadow his daughter.
0: Um, yeah, perhaps. I could see that. Do you
1: think? Do you think he's thinking in those terms? I mean, he's been in the business for a billion years. You think maybe he's like, all right, well, if I'm going to go out there, I mean, it is and hard be to the believe, boy. Yeah. I, Pay attention to me, and I want her to get over.
0: Yeah, th- I mean that makes sense. It, it, it's, it is a decent theory, and I think some people have made that idea that maybe WWE is telling him, "Hey, dude, just go out there and just don't care," and you know, because that's where I'm not quite sure because he either has like tremendously mellowed out you know, in the past few years, or like you're saying, he either decided, hey, I'm going to mellow out and not really, you know, take – because this is not the Ric Flair that we know. Like, this guy is not – he doesn't resemble that guy at all. I mean, other than having the music and, and doing woo occasionally, it's not the same guy. It's a completely different universe from that guy. So it, it could be by design. It could just be he's me- – I, I don't know. But, I mean, it it certainly seems, whether it's his choice or whether WWE told him or Charlotte said or or somebody – it does seem like he is in the background by design less so than just him not caring about it. If that makes sense. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I mean,
1: I'm just throwing that out there. Cause it was something I was thinking about while watching the match. You know I'm thinking? This, you know, Ric Flair is completely and utterly useless now. And I, I, I can't just accept that he forgot how to uh, get over. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, maybe it's a, it's on purpose. Maybe it's by design. I, I don't know. Maybe that's something for the listeners to think about and react to when they go on the Voice of the Wrestling message board and post their thoughts on this podcast. That's a very good idea. wrestlingcom slash like forums
0: slash forums. com slash go. forums. There you go. All right. Uh, then we had a 30 minutes. Uh, I wrote in my notes, McMahon fuck fest. Um, I don't know what you would call that, whatever that was. But uh, McMahon's talked for about a half an hour and nothing got accomplished. So, Yay!
1: No, oh, there's it's fifty fifty now. Oh, a
0: what a radical change! I cannot wait to see what happens on Monday Night Raw, Joe.
1: This is the new era. <laughs> the Rich. new
0: era has begun, and there are more McMahon's than there was before.
1: It's this is the this is the new era of the same storyline they've been doing a derivative of since 1997. Right, it's a new era
0: though. I mean, literally, they did this one in 2003 between like Austin and and, and Bischoff. You know what I mean? Like the exact same thing.
1: How do they have the balls to claim to, 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 like new era it's the same old did you shit see did you see on the promo 20 years. did you see the
0: promo on the actual um the, the video when, when they were doing the play uh the payback like you know playing the, the the intro video it said the first event of the new era yes and the set's the same the announcers are the same the ring announcers are the same That's everything looks the same too. same colors same everything and it's two mcmahon's yeah. <laughs>
1: like it looks like any raw from 2004 it really does New era, it, like it's it's amazing. It,
0: it, uh, Unfortunately, the new era kicked off with us doing a redo of the Montreal Screwjob. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Five minutes early. Well, thirty <laughs> minutes earlier.
0: <Right.
1: laughs> it, 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 but yeah, it's that's the, the new era again. Arm's length. At this company. Yeah. Enjoy the action in the ring, and you'll be okay. That
0: was twenty years ago. The Montreal Screwjob.
1: Yes, like, there are eighteen years ago. Like
0: Rich. having said that, like there are. I would say, fans who don't even know 45% what like. of the fans. I mean, I'm sure you know if you're a fan, but like, if you, if, like, they weren't a lot. Like, I, I know that, yeah. People will say, oh, you can go back and look and you can know about it or whatever. That, yeah, there, there's there's that, but like, who, they don't have an emotional attachment to it. Like, I, I got kind a dude, of do. Listen, like, I
1: got a dude who works for me. He had no clue what it was or what it was. Yeah. He, he's like, and he's your tip. This guy, I love talking to this guy about wrestling. I, I was so happy I found out he was a wrestling fan. Oh, that's
0: the just, best to talk to casual fans because we, we get well, so dude, in our bubble.
1: I am so convinced this guy thinks it's real.
0: Wow. Um he's, he's yeah. an
1: immigrant, so he's not quite sure. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, I sat next he, to a uh, what uh is he uh, of a Latino descent? He is. He's, I sat next to a, a grandma yeah. at Payback. She came by herself and it was like this old like an eighty year old grandma. She was fucking into everything. And she would like look at me and talk to me. She would like bounce stuff off me and like she was super smart, like she knew what was going on, and I was like, That rules. Like this this old <laughs> Mexican grandma just came to the show by herself, sat down and loved it
1: he's this guy still it. learning english and i think he's not sure he call he doesn't call them matches he calls them fights okay and I, i'm i'm and the way he taught i just i'm convinced he thinks it's legit <laughs> and it's fascinating to talk to him he's a big roman reigns fan he hates all of the mexicans because he's from guatemala <laughs> Cause listen, because he's from yeah. he's from guatemala and all the guys he works with are from mexico so they hate each other. Like when it comes to like when the soccer teams play each other and all that shit. I put the game on for him. They, they, they he has this rivalry with the Mexicans that he works. So he hates all the Mexicans. He hates Alberto Del Rio. He hates colonel I'll join the club, buddy. He always tells me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he always tells me he wants them to get their asses kicked. He can't stand those guys. My like favorite cool wrestler is Roman Reigns. He found out I don't like Roman Reigns, so now you know every time I'm walking through the kitchen, he's giving me Roman Reigns catchphrases. <laughs> I, I I love this guy. Yeah, he's like I'll be like, hey, uh, uh, Fernando, did you uh, did you prep the asparagus? And he looks at me and he stops what he's doing and he goes, I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, I am the guy. <laughs> it like makes no sense to what we're talking about, but he just likes to he stick it, it yeah. to me, you know what I mean? So you know, I'm like, all right, I'll give you the bad. Now you're doing twice as much. Be careful, because I'm gonna make you do the asparagus and the zucchini. All right, pal. But uh, but yeah, so he like someone like him, who he's got his little network. Okay, he watches it on his phone. Okay, he bought three months worth, and then he complained to me because he said he didn't realize he could have got the month for free.
0: Oh, so obviously they
1: didn't market that hard enough for Fernando in my kitchen. Okay, but uh, so he's got his little network there. Someone like that has no clue what the Montreal screw job is, and had no clue what this finish was on this pay-per-view.
0: And even they if you know it, 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 you don't have an emotional attachment to Bret Hart being screwed. You, you know what I mean, like. Like, even if you saw a replay, like, if, if you're, say, you're 18 years old and you have your network or whatever and, and you see stuff and and they show it and, they, you know, they talk in the documentary, oh, you know, Bret Hart was there forever and then he got screwed and then he went to WCW and then they didn't do anything with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't care. Like, why would you care? Like, we yes. have an emotional attachment somewhat. I don't have it anymore. I don't care. He's back in the company. He doesn't care.
1: And, and I'll tell you what, Fernando is down on Roman Reigns after that match. Oh, no. Uh what he said to me, because remember, th- we're this is a guy not in the bubble. He doesn't look at the matches in terms of how good the matches were. You understand? He looks at the matches in terms of yeah, right. Yeah. So he he he's again he's the big Roman Reigns fan, but he is like uh, he's like Joe, you were right. This AJ Styles, because I was my, you know, all, all, the lead up to the show, I'm like AJ Styles is going to win that man's title. You know that right?
0: Needle him. <laughs> oh no. And I
1: was like, this is AJ Styles he's better than Roman Reigns. You, you'll see. So he goes, Joe, you were right. I was like, what was I right about, Fernando? He goes. This AJ Styles, he's he's very good. Good fighter. There we like, go. This guy's a great fighter. Give this guy a podcast. Said,
0: you want to get Fernando you know, a podcast? I'm down.
1: I want to bring him on. You, you would love this guy. Like he, I swear he thinks it's real. So he, he, goes, he goes, Joe, a phenomenal forearm through the table. He beat Roman Reigns. He beat Roman Reigns. He's right. I was like, I know. He beat he's him He's right. Atlanta. You're right, he Fernando.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. He go- Goddamn he said, right, he Fernando. He beat
1: Roman. I said, I said, I know he beat Roman. I told you he was going to beat Roman. He goes, uh... He but he didn't understand. He said, "Why didn't he get the title?" So I had to explain to him that you don't get the title when when you, when you went by count out. And then you know, and, and he was annoyed that Shane came out. He didn't like that, even though he's a Roman Reigns fan. He didn't like that Shane McMahon he started the match. He didn't think that would, I like that. This man loves think rules. Think it was he likes
0: structured rules. I <laughs> he, like this.
1: He said, "This isn't fair." He said, "He's he right. Said,
0: You're he's, right, Fernando." He,
1: he, 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 he he was doing the... Uh, you know what he, I was popping big for? This. He was doing like the belt motion with his hands. He's right, like, yeah. AJ Styles should have had the belt. And he was like doing the belt thing over his waist. He's like, AJ should have had the belt. And he's like, why did Shane come out? I'm like, well, he wouldn't have got the belt anyway because of the counter. And then, he, and then he goes, he reminded me of this. And this is something I forgot about. He's like... He's like, but Joe, then AJ beat him again. Yeah, right. He twice. <laughs> beat him twice. <laughs> he's like, he's like uh, he's like Roman cheated. Roman hit him in the balls. I was like, I know, I know. I was like, I, you make a good point. He beat the man twice. So Fernando, who's a big Roman Reigns fan, his point was he didn't care that Roman eventually won by pinfall because he felt that was cheap. Yeah. Because because Roman lost twice to the man before that. And he and he feels like it was bullshit. Here's a long story short, okay? Fernando be- believes in the political hit is what I'm getting at here. <laughs> because <laughs> Fernando's a political hit proponent because he, fe- because look at, this is a guy who's a Roman Reigns fan and he lost faith in Roman Reigns and not a bubble fan, a casual fan. And he lost faith in Roman Reigns coming out of that match because AJ beat him twice before Roman c- and, and Roman needed the help of the McMahon kids yeah. to finally beat AJ. That's how this match came off
0: to the casual fan. Yeah. And, and well, and, and the other thing too is Roman worked heel too. I mean, like he worked like a, uh, like he was, and I guess we'll, we'll go on, of course, to the notice qualification World Heavyweight Championship match, which uh, of course Roman Reigns defeated AJ Styles. We'll get to the match. Uh, specifics here in a little bit, but um, or as far as our ratings and whatnot. But yeah, like I thought, Roman worked. He worked pretty aggressive in this entire thing too, which I thought was a good role for him. I kind of like him in this sort of monster offense role more so than the. I, I'm kind of tired of the and and you know that I, I think we're not we're preaching the choir for people that listen to here, but the you know I get beat down for 15 minutes and then I, I Superman punch and spear you and it's over. That doesn't do it. I I don't like that. It does nothing for me anymore. I like this this Roman Reigns. I enjoyed this one. He was kind of doing clubbing blows. He was working like a real big man. I thought that was nice. He was working like a heel. I thought throughout the entire match, Uh, and Styles was working as the flashy, you know, high flying tunic. To an extent, babyface the entire time. And I thought the dynamic was perfect for those two. I thought it was perfect, you know, given what the crowd was reacting to uh, and what they did with the crowd reactions and overall. But no, I, I really, really, really love this match. You know, aside from the dumb little stuff where, where guys came in and did whatever, you know, the Shane McMahon, the Stephanie McMahon, all that crap that, you know, I take or leave. But, you know, again, like you said, arm's length, arm's length with this company. But the in ring was fantastic of this match. And they did not cloud my, uh, my, my thoughts uh, with the dumb finishes because I really thought this was a, uh, just a spectacular match.
1: The action was so good, and the match was so good that that stuff really didn't bother me. No, I'm no. right with you. And you know, I saw it coming a mile away, and everybody did. And I, I feel like they were building, and obviously they were building to another rematch between these guys. Fernando, by the way, is convinced that AJ Styles is winning that rematch. Uh, so again, <laughs> through the eyes, you gotta of buy. You gotta fan. buy him an
0: AJ Styles shirt. Let's get him. Let's get him fully. Actually, I don't want I don't want you to t- make him too much of a smark. I like the mark him a little bit more. No, so. no,
1: this is great. I don't. I, I, I do my best not to sully this guy. Yeah. His don't, opinion don't, yeah. is, he he thinks because it's extreme rules, right? That now it's it's a lie. He's like, you know, AJ's going to beat Roman. Yeah, there's because there's no rules AJ, now. Yeah, no rules. There's no rule he proved that he was the better fighter, is what he says. He proved that he was the better fighter. And see, so again. Look,
0: Fernando, you're right on the money. <laughs> we agree. We're these, we're,
1: we're these smarks, and we're all like, ah, well, we all know Roman's winning the rematch. You know but when you leave the bubble, some of the shit this company does works. He, he, they've got this man convinced that AJ's winning the title at extreme rules. And you're going to love this one too. I asked him about Anderson and Gallows. I said, "But what about Anderson and Gallows?" He's like, "Yeah, at Extreme Rules they can do what they want. It's going to be th- three men against Roman." He doesn't believe in the he he doesn't think the Usos will help Roman. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. And he's he's also convinced he also said to me, uh Anderson and Gallows and then he just did a thumbs down. He's like they're very boring. So he doesn't like Anderson and Gallows. Fernando's my he guy. He says they're very boring. He's logic, I mean,
0: he likes rules, and he hates them. I'm into <laughs>
1: <get this. laughs> He's a fan of the rules, and he does not like Anderson and Gallows. But think about it. Why would anyone who's never been exposed to these guys like... They had a horrible match against the Usos on Raw, which was boring as hell. And uh, why would you like them? And they have this
0: horrendous ring gear, the, too, and they look like weirdos. like They look like weirdos, too. Like I don't they, know.
1: They love their, uh, their, their uh, secondary market... Um, Dollar store Under Armour tees, they love them. Uh, they, they love that. So I don't, I don't, I don't know why that's the chosen look for these guys, but uh, they should wrestle in those tees, in those tight tees. Mm-hmm. The ta- are they the,
0: are they the tap out shirts? I think they're the tap out ones, right? Are they tap out? I, I believe don't know so. what They are. That's what they're trying but, to sell uh, right now is those tap out things. So I think that's, that's what a they good were point. Right?
1: But uh, yeah, but the match, the look, I I, 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 really like this match, man. I, I think I went. Uh, four and a quarter on it
0: i went um, four and a half a, i really i really really like just it. a
1: notch blow match into your level because i think it's you know it, it, it was a little goofy with the mcmahon stuff not not enough that to really honestly to yeah honestly that probably dropped match, it
0: from my match of the year like not 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 that it was gonna win but like in that top 10 like that the shenanigans i i just can't in good conscience give you know a match with that many shenanigans in the in the top 10 i really just can't but it, it's right there
1: yeah i mean you know but uh but a great match and i thought um you know Roman was good, but I thought AJ was um, was spectacular. Oh, AJ was was amazing. Yeah, AJ's individual performance was just uh, no pun intended phenomenal. I mean, he was just flying around. The forearm through the table is just one of the great spots you'll ever see. I mean, that just came off so well. Um,
0: and, it was the AJ least just... convoluted table spot that that company has done in decades. Nobody knew it was coming. No, I mean, it was just a phenomenal form. And then all of a sudden, he's through the table, and you're like, Holy shit. Whereas, you know, it's not like he's taking off the top. He's putting away the monitors. He's draping them on there. He's climbing to the ropes. He does this. He looks to the crowd and he goes through. And it's like, All right, well, we already knew he was going through the table. Like, that's not a surprise anymore. This one out of nowhere. And it's like, Yes, that's how you use tables. Like, don't make them an obvious part of a match or don't make them an obvious thing that's going to happen. Like, let it come out of absolutely nowhere because the crowd, it had like a a second where they're like, Holy shit, he went through the table. And then they're like, He went through the table. And people were going, No. Like it was crazy,
1: yeah. And uh, but yeah, I thought this was uh, just a tremendous, tremendous AJ Styles performance. I can't call it a carry job because I something a carry job where the other guy was good, yeah. Um, yeah, Reigns so was, I, Reigns I, was,
0: I thought Reigns was great here. This was almost one of my favorite um, Roman Reigns uh, individual Roman Reigns performances of all time. I think he really, really worked well here.
1: I thought he was good. I wouldn't go as far as to say great. I thought he, you know, I've seen him better. Like the Lesnar match at WrestleMania, I think is his, is his hallmark performance at this point. I thought he was better in the Sheamus matches too, but he was good here at WrestleMania. He was terrible. You know what I mean? And it's like, he was every bit as responsible for that bad match as triple H was. Um, this match, I thought he was good and he bounced back nicely and, and he, and he, and he held his own, uh, but but AJ was so good that he just worked circles. Or I mean, AJ was great. AJ was fantastic. I mean, this was this. this was one of AJ's better performances. I mean, and AJ, and let's face it, this guy's pretty great every time out. And and this was one of his better performances. I thought so too. I uh, thought he really flying around, taking bumps, yeah. being on point. It's just he was really. He stood
0: great. out. I mean, he jumped out. Of, I mean, he jumped off the page. You know, if you could say that, like in the ring, I don't know what the equivalent. All that. I mean, he was a guy where you know, even I can say uh, people that were in the audience. I had people behind me that had who's this aj guy and i you know i said hey you know just just wait you'll see and then by the end of the match they're going oh my god this guy's awesome and it was like right then like they didn't know who this guy was and 10 minutes later they're hooked and they're like i want him to win now like he's awesome like he's and like i i said he just because, you know, you get that with Styles a little bit, and that was always one of the problems I had with it. I, I always loved AJ Styles, even in Ring of Honor and even in TNA, but he just seemed like a guy that was doing, you know, good moves. You know, that's how always the vibe I got with AJ Styles. He's really, in the past few years, especially with New Japan, and now, especially, I thought this match was was the best example of it, he's just understanding what to do in the ring more. He's just so, he carries himself, like, so, he's gotten there. You know, we talk about that, like, 35, 36-year-olds, when you become mentally in your prime yes. for wrestling, he's there right now, and it's like... He, he hasn't lost that much of athleticism. He's using it better. He's using it uh, I, I, in more precise ways. But then he's just so much better at the thought of the match and in the structure and how he, he gets the crowd and when he does certain moves and the calf. And he's added so many different moves to his repertoire, too, even ones that, that he didn't even have when he was a spectacular, unbelievable high flyer. I mean, he's, the calf killer is awesome. And he's gotten that over. The phenomenal forearm I mentioned on Twitter, it, it's almost, it, it, I might have it as my, my move of the year. In the observer, it's awesome. Like he busts it out, and it looks spectacular every single time he does it. I don't know, how and that's a move he used to do all the time. But it's just like something has clicked with him doing it in WWE. I don't know if it's the way they shoot it. I don't know if the way he does the impact. I don't know if it's the way the guy takes it. But I don't know. That move is just like I'm engrossed by that move all of a sudden. I don't know why. It's a, it's
1: a great. It's a great looking move. I would still prefer to Styles Clash as his finish. I think it's a more dramatic move. Um,
0: I kind of like but, that he's but, holding it in the holster, though. I mean, of course, there was the Jericho thing where he just kicked out of it. But I like the idea that that's something that maybe now they realize, or somebody said, "Hey, why don't you just use that when you really, really, absolutely need it?" As opposed to just using it all the they time.
1: For- You're right. If they forget about it for a while and he doesn't even tease it, which he hasn't, and he doesn't not to my did
0: he? He teased, teased it a little bit match? in this match. He he got him did up he- for it, but Reigns like quickly kicked out it. Like it was not. It really just looked like you. I don't know if you would have known that that was the Styles Clash that was about to happen if you didn't know. Yeah. A bunch about it you know I mean like a casual fan would have no idea what he was preparing for you and I would know but I don't think anybody else would
1: I'm with you if they forget about the move and he stops teasing it and he stops doing it and he uses it a year and a half from now in a big match in a big spot when the forearm doesn't work I'm I'm totally with you but we'll see if they can follow through if he chooses to follow through with that and if that's what they choose to do uh, with that move. So, so yeah, but the forum does always look great. Look, it always looked great even as a, a transition move, you know, in, in other companies. Um, and, yeah, he has – he's still just as athletic as he always was, but he's eliminated. Like, he doesn't do the spiral tap anymore, things like that. But, uh, yeah, he's – you're right. You nailed it on the head. He's at that mental – he's at his – he's in his mental prime, and he still has all the physical tools, so it really has all come together for him. Over the uh, look, the guy just it, it, it almost seems like he just he's not he hasn't lost a thing, and it's almost like he just keeps getting better. It's pretty amazing what he's done over the last two or three years.
0: Absolutely. So that's WWE payback. Um Did you want to stick and with- Roman? Oh, well, sorry. Go ahead quickly
1: on Roman. The, the the thing I want the point I wanted to make is he's kind of like Charlotte amplified. Where I feel like people are are just. Attaching to extremes with the guy. Oh, it's so and it's bad. It's getting real annoying. Yeah, I, it, I it's mean, making
0: it makes me just want to log off when I anytime a Roman is really on, I really just want to log off. Like
1: because you've got people saying he's the worst wrestler in the world and he's terrible and he's a piece of shit, which is obviously false. And then to counter that, you've got people who just go too far the other way, saying he's one of the best wrestlers in the world and he's a wrestler of the year contender. He's one of the top five wrestlers in the business, and that's just as patently ridiculous. Um he's a good wrestler. Can we just say that? Do we have to go to these wild extremes? Can we ignore the people who are saying that he's awful and he's terrible and he's the worst? I mean like consider who these people are and what the sources are. Thank you. Are. God, I mean, like, that's
0: the worst thing when they like find some random person on Twitter and then like re you know you retweet him and go, "Oh, you're an idiot. Like, you think Roman sucks? He doesn't." Su-. And, and it's like, "Don't listen to these people. Look at the other posts that they're making. Like, they don't matter." Like just
1: And then you feel the need to go to the other extreme and say he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, which, I mean, come on, give me a break, okay? There's no need to, these, these extremes with Roman Reigns, it, it's just so eye-rolly on both ends of it. People who should know better. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, come on, you know, he's a good wrestler. I mean, he's not one of the best wrestlers in the world. And you just, you stop taking these dopes here. These are like Reddit people who are saying this. Who cares? You know what I mean? It's like, let it go. You know, you're never, never going to, you're not going to convince, you're not going to change their mind. You know, they're dead set. They, they, these are probably people who, I, I don't know, I, you know what I'm saying. You know what. No, I, talking, and you know. I put I it up
0: think- on Twitter. I thought, let's just be better about discussing Roman Reigns. Like, let's really, instead of just, Clinging to these extremes and finding random people on Reddit or random people in Twitter searches and going, Look how dumb this guy is because he says Roman Reigns is one of the worst wrestlers ever. And all that don't, I mean, nobody in nobody with a mind is saying that. Like, let's if you're really going to want it, these Roman Reigns talks, if you really want to talk about it, just be better about it. Like, let's let's be rational about it. Let's talk about it with, but but don't like, cl- like you said, the, these clinging to the extremes of he's the worst, he's the best, he's the best champion in wrestling right now. Oh, he's the absolute worst. I'm canceling my network because he won. It's like there's middle ground with Reigns. We all know that there's middle ground but like yeah it's it's making it really like instant log off for me like I I just cannot stand it I can't do it. it's like
1: you can't you can't tell me a guy is is the best wrestler in the world when his main event at WrestleMania was a wet fucking fart I mean can we rein it in no pun intended Can we pump the fucking brakes? Yeah, if you are going to say he's the the
0: greatest, the best champion in the world right now, and it's like, well, just like four weeks ago, he had had an absolutely horrendous thirty
1: days ago (laughs) on the biggest event in the world, and believe me, he was very much responsible. Like an unequivocally shit
0: match, too. Like, is there anybody in the world that enjoyed that match? No. (laughs) Like that, I I feel like not one person has been like, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was okay.
1: (laughs) You know, you can't. If you are the best wrestler in the world, if you are the best champion in the world, you that you cannot you cannot lay a wet fart in that spot in a big spot like that it's a main event of wrestlemania Man, give me a break and it stunk and don't lay it off the feet of reigns was not good in that match no fire whatsoever he was he was just a guy in the mat he, he didn't he did nothing to stand out so i don't want i don't want to hear it okay oh, yeah, yeah, i'm sorry i i'm not buying it but uh enough with the extremes at Roman Reigns. Yeah, we because. might have,
0: we don't have to go Chikara on uh, uh Roman Reigns. I just never talk about him again because it's just like I feel like we have the same discussion and same Roman Reigns show every like it's just it's it's tiring. It's old. It's, there's so much else to talk about. It's like why are we bothering with this? But anyway, yeah, that's that's that. So, uh anything else on Payback? Uh
1: no. Good. I look, I I think I liked the show Barrett and you did and you really liked it. No, so, I loved it. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I I really it's it's too bad that that stuff happened. I thought that could have been a good match too. I really enjoyed the Vaude Villains and what they've done on the main roster. Yeah, and- and you know, I was not a Vaudvillains no. guy in NXT. <laughs> not at I all. mean, and I, I love them on Raw this week too. I love them. I love that promo they did. I loved uh d- d- you know, talking the shit towards Enzo uh, the way they did, uh taking credit for the injury and then uh Enzo Amore, how are you doing, you know, uh, in the <laughs> hospital? I mean, it's just tremendous stuff. I think that it, they, they've, they've done a good job, and they're starting to get over now. Isn't that amazing? You know, you, you bring guys on Raw, and 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 people start to understand what they're about. I mean, they, they really put that team behind the eight ball the way they debuted them. It really was a shame. But, um, you know, hopefully now it starts to work for them. I really love them as heels. As soon as they turn face, though, I'm out. Uh, I am out on the vaudevillains. Once they do a face turn, heels, I'm all in. Oh,
0: oh yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be really stupid too when they turn up because you know we talk about the subtlety hammer. Can you imagine what that's gonna be like when their are faces? Like, ugh, I don't even want to. Let's let's keep them heels the, for a little while and, too. And
1: and and uh, Aiden English's singing <coughs> goes from. You know, an annoying troll to, you know, a, a really annoying comedy. Story. Right, and it'd be you know horrible I mean?
0: like, jokes, too. Like, they'd be, like, fart jokes and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that sort of comedy, too, that they're going to give them as well. The you entire know it's
1: dynamic changes. I mean, they come off as these vicious out of, like, you know, like, like these vicious weirdos from another time as heels. And it just comes off goofy and contrived and very – they turn into a Chikara act as baby faces. And and it, 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 they really just it, it's very for, for two for something that's the same act. It's like it's so much. It's very strange. That it's so much better as a heel act than a face act. But it just is.
0: All right, uh, you want to talk about the Ryback right now while we uh, while we're in WWE land. I don't know if you Uh, heard We might as well. Okay, all right. I wasn't sure if I (laughs) backed out a little bit. But, um, yeah, so what's uh, the Ryback? Of course, a little bit of stories here. This is kind of the background. Uh, I've gotten a little bit more details uh, again, but this is a little bit of a recap. Um, Dave Meltzer spoke about the Ryback situation. It was on, uh, I believe, Monday mornings, Observer Radio, or Tuesday mornings, Rather, uh, Meltzer noted that Ryback had a meeting with Vince McMahon about the contract situation that he had, uh, noting that they are very far apart on money. Uh, The meeting reportedly ended with McMahon suggesting that Ryback go home, and he agreed. So he was originally scheduled to take part in the. Oh, so it was Monday morning, sorry. Uh, He was scheduled to take part in the U.S. title number one contenders battle royal on Raw. They showed him in the graphic, but he wasn't there. Um and yeah he'd been pretty outspoken about different things in terms of being on pre matches different stuff that he had uh, then he put a uh, a blog out I believe it was either Tuesday or I believe Tuesday yeah he put a, a posted a blog uh, to his Tumblr and basically went on a rant about compensation for wrestlers and that everybody should kind of make the same and why do winners make more than losers and and just different stuff like that and was really coy about what his future in WWE is or if there's going to be a future. Uh, So that's about all we know right now. What is your take on the situation? What do you think about his uh, thoughts on the pay structure of WWE? I
1: thought Alan Blackstock had a good take on Twitter on this. Um, Look, he's frustrated. And he's frustrated with his spot. He's uh, frustrated with his pay. He's frustrated with his push. This was a guy who, uh, once he became the Ryback, was pushed very strong right out of the gate, right into main events, you remember. And um, now he's just – he's a pre-show guy. And obviously with the, uh, the pre-show Steeler weight belt on the uh, pay-per-view and everything else, he's, he's, it's obvious he's frustrated with, with where he's at and, and a bunch of really stupid things that don't make any sense because he's frustrated. And on one hand, it's, it's hard to really come down on him and, and condemn him for saying those stupid things because uh, you know, he's annoyed – but I think that um, you know it, it's. But 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 the fact, of the matter is the things that he said and the idea that everyone should make the same amount of money. Um, he just doesn't understand how the entertainment business works. He doesn't understand how wrestling works. He doesn't understand how entertainment works. And he's just dead wrong. I mean, you can't defend what he said. I mean, it's it's it, you can't defend what he said from a logic standpoint. You just can't. There is no defending. What You're he talking said. about the pay structure
0: um, thing, correct? The pay structure, right? Yeah, it's
1: it's, it's yeah, the pay structure. And uh, make the same. That's patently ridiculous. And he's also wrong. At, um, you know, th- like the wins and losses. There have been guys. See, WWE could easily counter this. And and there have been people in that company who have won, you know, 20% of their matches in a given year and made millions of dollars. I mean, you, you it, it's. It, but what he's saying with the wins and losses is more: if you keep losing, the fans no longer see you. Yes. As a star, and then it's like a self fulfilled I don't think he
0: literally means the checks that come out, like in individual week by week checks, is that the winners get better at the losers. But it's an all encompassing thing that if you keep losing and if you don't do anything, eventually you're not over and nobody buys your shit and then you just don't make money. Yes. Right.
1: Saying the fans lose faith in you, and then when the fans lose faith in you, the company loses faith in you. He, he, I think he, he, that's the
0: way he got. wrote it. He wrote it very literally, like they make more money than me or whatever. And, like, and that's not the point. The point is just that, that you don't do a good job, you do a disservice to those guys. But, but, you know, you guys have to lose, too. You know what I mean? Like, somebody that's somewhere along the line is going to have to lose a bunch of matches. You know, you can't have everybody I mean, win. You could, like. win a,
1: you, could, you could win every match and not be over and, and, and not be uh, a star and not make as much as a guy who wins 50% of his matches. I mean, it, it, what you, look, he's frustrated, and a lot of his points are really, really dumb. Um, and, 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 and he probably doesn't even mean – look, if he ends up being released, right, and he goes and he hits the Indies – and he's main eventing these shows. Is he going to stand up in the locker room and demand that the rookie working? Yeah, opener he better open that envelope and uh,
0: <laughs> pass out some extra bills because.
1: Uh, of course he won't, right. and 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 the rookie working the opener won't deserve to make as much as him because he's working the main event, and in theory, he's bringing the fans the event. Now, if he does his first independent loop and he doesn't move attendance for anybody and, you know, he doesn't get booked the second time around in a lot of these places, then th- he's going to learn how the entertainment business and the wrestling <laughs> business works right. real fast if he does go on the indie scene, you know? It's like, I think deep down, he he, pro- he probably just didn't word this the way he wanted to, and a lot of it was probably just typed out out of frustration. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: sure um, it was just he sat down at, in, in, in a half an hour and wrote that entire thing, you know, not really thinking about it from a very, you know, academic standpoint and more or less just like, yeah, fuck yeah, But you know, that sort of, yeah, I'm with you on that. So,
1: you know, and he kind of made the, the thing was like, well, the main eventers will end up making more because they'll sell more merch and it'll work itself out. But it's like, again, he's missing the point. It's like, um, no matter what personally you think of Ryback's working ability and all that stuff, because none of that really matters in this sense. He's, he's easily replaceable cog. I mean, you know, no one in the grand scheme, look, Fernando, who we just talked about is not going to notice the right back is gone. You know what I mean? It, it's not going to matter. Right. Like it, it's, that's why you make less than, uh, you know, than, than someone at the top of the card who, who would leave a hole in the card. And that's why WWE has worked so hard over the last couple of decades, pushing their brand as the star rather than the wrestlers. Uh, this all ties in and relates to each other. But I mean, you know, it, 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 you can't, I haven't seen anybody agree with him that ever. No, should make it. yeah. <laughs> the only person that agrees with that maybe is Bernie Sanders. No one else on earth is going to agree. <laughs> I don't... That everyone in that locker room deserves to make the same amount of money. Jeez, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. A... He doesn't he doesn't get it.
0: socialism Bernie, Sanders, Bernie Sanders, Sanders, Sanders joke. There you go. I don't. Th- I was gonna say I don't think Bernie agrees with that either. But... I
1: don't even think Bernie would go that far. <laughs> I don't I think mean, so. He he might say that Ryback should make more money.
0: Right. Or that Ryback should be taxed less than <laughs> than John Cena, but maybe not.
1: Right. But he, but I but I think even Bernie Sanders would say, hey, big guy, you're crazy. Yeah. John Cena should make four times as much as you. He's, he's That's why people are sitting here, not because not of you, dope. Uh, but 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 yeah, so, um, you know, he's, I don't know. What, do you have a different I, take Yeah, on no, I, I, that was what? the same
0: thing. I think that the wording of it, like, I, I sort of agreed with what you said, and I thought the wording was not as literal of, like, here's my paycheck on a week-by-week basis or whatever, and, you know, I lost a bunch, so my paycheck's down, and you won a bunch. But it, a self-fulfilling prophecy, I think, is what he mentions, that these guys, you know, there's so many guys that, you know, I really thought the way to attack it is not necessarily wins and losses, but more or less that we're all just in this big blob. Like, I thought that that's something I want someone to attack and someone to really bring up as well is that it's not necessarily – that you win more than me, then you lose more than me, because there's nobody. There's like five people in this company that win ever. The rest of everybody else is just like we always say, the hamster wheel. You are immediately on that wheel, and you mean nothing. And that's the thing is you're easily the second you're on that wheel, you're done. You're 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 easily replaceable. You don't matter. All you do is you win, you lose, you win, you lose, you win, you lose, you do a roll-up finish, then you distract them, and then they do a roll-up to you, and the next week you come back, and then you win, and then maybe you guys have one more, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that constant stream, and we see guys get put into that immediately, like a a Tyler Breeze, he debuts, and in two weeks, boom, he's in there. Uh, Baron Corbin, which we mentioned a little bit at at WWE Payback, we sort of laughed about it, but boom, he's already in there, where it's like, oh, now he's going 50-50 with Dolph Ziggler, like, that's just, that's what they do, and that's how they book people, and it's by design in a little ways, too, because none of those people get over until they tell the crowd, okay, now care about this guy. That is a larger point than in terms of just, like, general big-picture wins and losses. It's more about, I think, that they pick their guys, they have their guys, and then nobody else has an ability to really break free of that. And that I don't think that has to do with wins and losses 100%, but I do think the fact that these guys just never – they never get on any trends. It's just a constant uh, – it's a wheel. You just spin your wheels constantly in that mid-card of WWE, and nobody, nobody leaves, nobody moves out of there. They're just stuck there then for life.
1: Do you think he's a guy who could have been given too much too soon and getting the big push right out of the gate, main eventing all those shows at the end of 2000 – what was it, 12 or 13? I think 12, yeah. Was. And and then or it was you know, 11? now he's maybe
0: it was eleven. I don't remember.
1: It was somewhere in that neighborhood. And then uh, now I think it was twelve. Actually, no, I think you're right. 12.
0: Yeah, now that I'm, I'm looking at it. And then going into early
1: thirteen, where he really got the big push. Oh, he debuted
0: in, in June of 2012. So
1: yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, do you think it was too much too soon, and it, it might have gotten to his head? And then now that he's slowly been worked back down the card. Uh, you know, he's having trouble dealing with that because maybe at that point in time, he figured, wow, you know, look at it. I'm in main events already. and I know I'm not, you know, the guy, but man, you know, by 2015, 16, I'm going to be on top of the world in this. Country. And he turns around and he's working in front of 500 people at WrestleMania because everyone's bottlenecked and can't get in the building. And he's working a match at three o'clock in the afternoon at WrestleMania instead of, you know, when he probably figured a couple years ago he would have been in the main event. So you think there's something to maybe to say to that where he maybe got too much too soon?
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I think the larger thing is this that it, it sort of grinds on you a little bit, especially when I mean, we talk about that. And, you know, maybe maybe to a point, you're, you're sort of right that, you know, in October 2012, he's on top of the world or whatever. You know, that was that hell in a cell, I believe. Uh, it was in October. And then by, you know, now we're talking May 2016. And it's just like, oh, I've, I've really never got anywhere near that level again. I think it's more just the frustration of the fact that all that in between is just, you know, what do you do? What are you doing? What do you have me doing? Why? You know, it's just especially a guy like him. I think he thinks, hey, look, I work really hard. I, I You know, I got I got you know, I, I've improved a lot in the ring, which I think he has. I think he's he's absolutely improved a lot. Is he, you know, a super worker that deserves to have, you know, a big main event push or whatever? You know, I don't know. I mean, probably not. But it, it just seems like a guy who, who's, who's looked at his life and looked at how hard he's worked and looked at maybe how hard, you know, some of his friends have worked and looked like – and been like, you know, he never gave me another chance. I think that might have been the problem, too, is that he had this part. He drew pretty well, and they never really went back to him ever again. They never – They never reignited him, like you said. They just sort of brought him down, brought him down, brought him down, and he just never got to that level or near that level ever again. Maybe that's part of it. So maybe your theory is a little bit right in terms of the fact that he was on top of the world for a while and then he just never got there. But I just think it's that in-between that just grinds on people. I think it's just that constant just nothing happening. Like We always talk about how do you get motivated? These guys, we can tell when wrestlers are motivated. We can tell when they... You know the Shelton Benjamin theory. When they say, "Hey Shelton, you're gonna win," you know, the next five matches, all of a sudden you get great Shelton Benjamin performances. He's working his ass off. If you're just stuck in this hamster wheel forever, why would you ever? You know, I, I get it from your job standpoint. What are your goals? What 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 do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you? Like, what is my goal? What is my future? How do I get better? How do I get a better spot? Like, I feel like a lot of wrestlers have that frustration of like, all right, what do you want me to do? to get to this next level. What can I do to, to, to get better, to move from the spot? And I think they're probably not getting any answers. Or if they're getting answers, they're getting them, then doing those things and they're not getting what, they're, what they've are what they sort of been promised or told. I, I I absolutely believe that from a lot of wrestlers in WWE that probably feel that.
1: I don't like that he seems to want a cookie for never asking for a finish to be changed. Um, That, that doesn't move me or compel me at all when he made that point. Where He's like oh yeah in six years I've never asked for a finish to be changed or lobbied to win a match I mean, okay I mean like that doesn't so what so maybe right, you should, maybe
0: should have tried that. I think Vince actually uh, likes when people do that but. Vince
1: likes jerks. yeah, yeah. It's, it's like um you know but look here's the fact of the matter. you know, life isn't fair brother right you know you, you know you look at your job you know who who among us who among us listening to this or 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 or, or, or you or me, Hasn't thought to themselves, I know I could do a better job than my boss or of the course. guy ahead of me on, on on the food chain at my job because he's a fucking dope, and I know I could outperform him if I was given the chance. I mean, we've all been there, and I think that's human nature, and um and a lot of, and we all want that paycheck of the guy that's one step ahead of us, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, and that's why I say, and that's why I think Alan Blackstock made a good point, you know. I don't want to sit here and bury Ryback for being frustrated. I mean, we all get frustrated at times uh, over things like this. But at the same time, um, you know, it's it's life isn't fair. I know that's a cliche, but sometimes it just isn't. And you know, and in his case, I don't know if he necessarily look. Look, they like who they like, and right now they just don't like him and 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 they gave him a shot in the beginning and, and you look you know how this company is sometimes they give you a shot and then they make you pay your dues for a while yeah. you know and 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 who knows what they had they, they didn't complete it's not like he was working superstars and, and 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 losing the fandango every week you know um i know he probably don't like being in the dark but at least he's on in the dark. you know there's a lot of guys who would die to be in the pre-show in that company um so you know it's he's he's frustrated now if this doesn't get resolved, I, I think his best course of action, and and you know, they, they said Vince was the one who suggested maybe you need to go home for a while. That's not a good sign. No, <laughs> um, that's that's not a good sign at all. I think that the key here is uh, what, what does he do if, if 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 he does leave the company? I, I don't know that he's a savvy enough guy. It's hard Look, to get a read on w- him. He's a WWE system guy all the way. He knows nothing but the WWE system. He didn't do the indie thing. He didn't do the international thing. He came up through WWE. I think every single match he's ever yeah, had. Yeah, that's I'm actually going Eddie to check Kaycheck right now if he ever had.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see if he's ever had a match other than Has LW1. been from
1: that company. I mean, he's a system guy if there's ever been a system guy. And um, I don't know if he's a guy who is going to be savvy enough to work in the trendy places where, yeah, he's only been, it's gonna yeah, help deep,
0: deep south in 2005 was his first uh, match, so he went deep south, OVW, and then that's been it, yeah. Then obviously, NXT and yeah. all that stuff, so yeah, he's never never left. Um, <laughs> teamed with Lash so I mean, LaRue I... in his debut. Lash LaRue is still in WWE developmental in 2005.
1: 2005, what yeah. a world!
0: <laughs> why did La- why was Lash LaRue? All right, well, hey,
1: but it, I mean, the indie promoters will line up around the block to to book the guy. Um, but he, it all depends what kind of advice he gets, you know, and it, it's, if he chooses to work the Northeast scene,
0: that's that kind no of, attention to. Yeah.
1: I mean, those shows draw better than a lot of the trendy indies, but the thing is no one pays attention to them and you, you can't garner buzz working for house of hardcore and Northeast wrestling and wrestle pro and PWS. That's not where you garner buzz. Um, but he might be the kind of guy since he's a system guy who might say, "Oh, well, these are the places that draw a thousand fans four times a year, or these are the places that you know where my friends are working or where my friends are the promoters and and where the guys that i that have already left the company are working and they're you know what I mean he might not understand that to rebuild your reputation and to make the w w e take notice of you again, it's sort of the boutique promotions that you need to work you're you need to go out to Reseda, California, and work PWG shows. Right? Maybe you make you a little bit less.
0: Maybe you only make about hundred bucks or whatever. But you know, hey, you're you're getting buzz. You're you're, you're getting your name out there. Yes. And, and you're in front of a crowd that's that you know you gotta you gotta work a little harder in front of and, and do some stuff for. But they'll reward you greatly. I mean, the buzz that will come off of a show like that versus you having some terrible you know battle royal win in WrestlePro is, is night and day.
1: Look, you can go wrestle Carlito for Northeast Wrestling in front of a 1,000 people in a match that no one's going to talk about, which garners you no buzz, and that's fine. But the, the buzz is PWG. The buzz is working for Gabe. I mean, Gabe is, is essentially a minor league now at this point anyway. Uh, New Japan, and it's like I don't know because he's a system guy if he understands that, and I don't know if he's going to get the right advice. Um, in terms of, of of where people are going to say, look, if you want to rebuild your rep, if you want this to be a hot commodity that, and and you want you you know WWE to want you back, and you know these are the places you need to go, I don't know if he's gonna. I, I really don't know if he's going to be savvy enough or get the proper advice. I can tell you this. I can tell you this for certain. He is really, really good friends with a very prominent East Coast wrestling promoter, and uh, this promoter, I suggested to this person that they book Kamatachi because Kamatachi is now living in this person's, in this promotion's backyard uh, in New Jersey. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that he's and, living
0: in this person's backyard, but go Well, <laughs> uh,
1: well practically, <laughs> uh, you know, it, but I mean, I suggested, Hey, you might want to book Kamatachi. He's living in New Jersey now. And the response that I got back from this, and this is a, a promotion that draws well and does good business. And you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And this promoter's response was, I've never heard some tape and make a decision. Okay? And these are the people that Ryback rolls with. If you think Ryback in his spare time is sitting in his house watching New Japan World and and licking his chops to work to G1, I think you're mistaken. I I, I don't think Ryback knows a fucking thing about the outside wrestling world because he's a WWE system guy. He doesn't know or care about what the hot indies are or anything about... Ryback has no idea. I would be willing to bet he doesn't have a clue who Tomohiro Ishii is, and he's not licking his chops to work matches with Tomohiro Ishii in the G1, like some guys would be. Like if Cesaro got cut, what do you think Cesaro would want to do?
0: Oh yeah, he Cesaro yeah. would
1: know. He would know exactly where to work to build his buzz back up. He would know where to go and and, and who to work for. He'd be on the first plane to Japan to work a bunch of of of. of uh, of Vanity matches for himself, you know, uh, and 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 he'd work in all the right indies. I don't know if Ryback is that kind of guy. Ryback strikes me as the kind of guy who would have the wrong people in his ear telling him, "No, you got to work this Carlito match in White Plains, New York, that no one's going to talk about." I mean, that, I, that's what I fear yeah. for the guy.
0: That that's my that's worry as well. That's the circuit yeah. that I
1: think he would end up on.
0: That's I think what 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 I see sort of happening is, is not unlike you know Brian Myers is one that I always bring up of a guy who. You know, he sort of went both ways. He got released, you know, whatever... Then he did the PWG. We always remember he did the Battle of Los Angeles. And he just yes. bombed. And he never went back. And he, he just basically got went back to the East Coast, which is fine. That's where he was comfortable. That's where he knew all the people. He knew some stuff. He had stuff established there. And then, you know, he did global force. You know, he did stuff like that. He he only right. then tagged along with other guys that were X W or X major league guys and decided, I'm not gonna do this indie shit. You know what I mean? I'm gonna do this stuff. Because they don't I I think those guys generally don't believe that though a lot of those East Coast stuff is what they'd call you know, quote unquote indie shit. You, you know what I mean? Like I feel like there's a different vibe of like, Hey, I'm working this, I'm working a main event against Matt Hardy. And like you said, Northeast wrestling in front of a thousand people. We're doing it big, you know, you know, PWG, the wrestling in front of 200 drunk idiots, you know? And that's, I think how some of these guys think. And I, and I get why they think that if they're system guys, that would be sort of their mentality of, of look at the guy. That's You
1: just said it better. I spoke for 10 minutes and made no sense. And you just nailed it. A guy like right back is going to think that those shows are the big time on the indie scene, but he's not going to understand that the buzz is on the smaller shows. Yeah. He's just not going to get it. why would he understand that? You know, especially when uh, one of his best friends doesn't know who Kamala <laughs> time. How are you a wrestling promoter and you don't know who the guy is? I mean, come on, but that's the mentality of the, of the, some of those East Coast promotions. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's so and, and and you know, that's 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 my fear for a guy like Ryback. It really is. I can totally see Ryback going right to TNA because it's on TV. Sure. Like, oh, if I can't be here, I, I'll go to TNA. They're on TV and they're the the perception is they're the number two and I'm a fucking star and I belong on TV. You know what I mean? And it, it doesn't have the stigma that it had a couple years ago. Obviously, they're willing to sign guys off of TNA now. But I mean, TNA is a black hole to be in in terms of exposure. No one's paying attention. That wouldn't be a, the smartest move either, but I could totally see Ryback being a guy who. Maybe we're wrong. I don't know. Maybe Ryback is on Highspots.com. Yeah, right no, I now. can't get a quite Catching good read off of him, on...
0: but yeah, I'm 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 in your camp though. I I see him going. I don't going, get that sense though. No, I I don't either. I I see him going. Um... Yeah, I just don't see him flying over to you know do a progress wrestling shot anytime soon. You know, like that's just exactly. yeah, like he's exactly. not like oh man, I can't wait to work progress. You know, what I mean like, great and you know finally. And if he
1: does go to Europe, he'll be he'll be working those weird shows like Chris Masters works.
0: Yeah, or PJ he Black will be will work all, in progress. And PJ yeah. Black will be in a few of those too, where it's like the whatever that what was that the five star UK tour, the one where they just booked every like every you know yes. what, what was those? Oh here I'm looking at the card. Here real quick, because I was actually kind of curious. Yeah, you have, like, you know, PJ Black versus Cole Cabana, John Morrison, AJ Styles, Mysterio Lethal, you know, that sort of stuff. He's going to want to work And
1: look, And look, man, paydays are paydays. Exactly, right. And that's not the point we're trying to get across here. He'll get work. The point is, if you're trying to rebuild, if your goal is to rebuild a rep and to become a name, if your goal is to do what Juice Robinson chose to do,
0: well, I think a, which a, is a, a consistent paycheck too. I think that's the big thing because I think a lot of these guys they get released, and like you say, like you said, people are going to be falling over themselves to book Ryback in the first month or whatever. But if he bombs, if he doesn't really care, if he's you know kind of a a a curmudgeon or whatever, like, then he's not going to last. Like people are going to yeah,
1: and, and if he and if he still wants two grand to pop and he didn't move business the first time, you're gonna be like, I'm not booking this guy again
0: that was you know I, I, I think mean? i'm I mean, gonna I look at the timeline now i remember, remember brodus clay who for like two months when everybody was booking him and he was doing so and then he just sort of regressed and then he was back in tna like i, I want to look at the timeline here because I, I thought there was a weird like in between period um where he worked some shots across the world before well
1: all these guys you're yeah. right i mean whenever they leave they they're hot for a while and they can demand a lot of money and people will pay them but it's that second time around if you're not a difference maker and you still want that kind of money that no one gives it to you. Um, but again, work is work. But if if your goal is to rebuild your rep, those aren't the kind of places you want to work. Um, even if, if if the payouts are, you could do both. Like you said, though, like Brian Myers, he did both. Uh, he's working at your next month, I think, which is weird. Um, I don't know how he fits in with your but, um, you know, but yeah, Ryback, I can totally see being one of those guys, and you know, he'll work Global Force shows. And, oh, he's gonna so work Global that. Force. That man is. I mean, is it,
0: bound for Global Force wrestling. Like, like I, I, the poster's already made for him.
1: And I, I really think if he worked the quote unquote, you know, boutique indies, he would have a really good run. Um, I think he could have. There's nobody like him right
0: players. now. I mean, yeah, he doesn't really. I don't know if he knows how valuable he would be in in, in that. I mean, th- there's nobody else like him that's in the independence right now.
1: He's like a t- he. He's Brian Cage. Is the is the closest comp.
0: Yeah, but
1: Brian Cage is is Brian Cage is sort of a meta wrestler because I mean, he his nickname is Mister Get My Shit. Right. I
0: mean, he, he really he, doesn't like you know for being he doesn't he, yeah. He might as well he be five no foot six. He might as well be five foot six and one hundred and eighty pounds. The way he works, like, he
1: makes no qualms right. about being some, you know, uh, smart. He's just out there to do spots, and and the whole catch is you're seeing this bodybuilder do spots. You know what I mean? And he knows that, and he makes no bones about it. Um, but that's the closest comp to Ryback, because Ryback, I tell you, he's a very athletic guy for his size, yeah. and he busts out some very impressive high spots. And uh, I think he there's a lot of, I mean, everything on the indie scene is a fresh match for him. Everything. He's never been there before. And obviously, you know, a lot of people, the the thing now is anytime anyone's a free agent or gets released or is on the, everyone immediately says New Japan. That's replaced TNA because TNA is such a joke now. And it's like New Japan is like this recognized number two. And uh, so a lot of people are, are pegging him for New Japan and. Uh, I mean, who knows? I don't know if they – I am i don't know if they – look, if they were interested in Strongman, why wouldn't they be interested in Ryback, right? I mean, you know, so uh, uh, maybe there would be interest there. The thing is, I don't know if he'd have interest in, I don't know if he understands. I don't know if he gets it.
0: But yeah, that will be interesting I, to see. Yeah, you I mean, just
1: saw them sign a half a dozen guys from that company. You should see that that's a path back. I mean, maybe he's just so annoyed. Maybe he's in such a mindset now that he's not even looking for a path yeah. back. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Maybe just want some good checks, do some weekend stuff, and, and just kind of...
1: And be one of these guys who, yeah. you know, with this pipe dream of getting into acting, which never works out for, like, anyone except Batista. Well, I go guess the... the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock has done it okay. <laughs> the yeah, Rock's I guess, I guess the biggest star in Hollywood, who, uh... maybe, but... But you know what I mean? All these guys, I'm going to be an actor. I mean, how does that ever really work out? I mean, I, you know, it's like almost never... About
0: as well I'm gonna be as the I'm-going-to-go-be-a-fighter <laughs> route, which... Uh... Does uh, just about as well either. But nobody, do, I feel like people don't really, other than CM Puck, you know, who, who does that anymore? Like, I'm going to go in MMA or I'm going to do Like, they don't really even bother with that anymore.
1: Well, maybe, maybe Wade Barrett will do that. That's the rumor, right? Oh, no, yeah, uh, yeah. Jack Swagger will do that one.
0: <laughs> Swagger, you know,
1: Wade Barrett's officially done, right? Um, he's I, gone, right? He's finished. They kicked him out of League of Nations and he's, he's history. Is no? he just yeah. like wrapping up his. I don't think I care enough to to actually
0: noticed if any of the news. Was it ever confirmed anywhere? He's
1: another guy. He's another guy who wants to be a thespian. He wants to go out there and, uh, you know, Stu Bennett wants to be a big-time actor (laughs) because he was a goon in some David uh, David, Spade. What's that dude's name? Uh, I don't watch action movies. Uh, 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 It wasn't David Spade. Uh, The British guy. Not David Spade. Uh, uh, What the fuck is that guy's name? All right, I'll look it up because this is... uh, Jason Statham. Jason
0: Statham. Let's Wasn't
1: see. he in some Jason Statham movie? Uh, he was code? in Dead
0: Man Down, which uh, Colin Farrell. Oh,
1: it was it Colin Farrell?
0: I movie. guess. Well, let's see. There was another one that he was in. He was in a. Uh, oh, I don't know. The Elimin- He's in a movie called The Eliminators, but that's by W. Studios, but it's not out yet. So, alongside Scott Atkins. I don't know who Scott Atkins is, but that's not great. Okay. Anyway, that's that's the Ryback. So. Stay tuned, we'll see what happens with him, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the camp that he's going to go just do East Coast Indies, and who knows what the hell happened happen next. TNA, Global Force, East Coast Indies, that's my guess, but we'll see. Maybe he'll surprise us, and he'll be in progress in <laughs> New Japan and doing all crazy stuff, but we'll see. Alright, uh, you want to move over to Japan. We have uh, Wrestling Duntaku, uh, a show that you reviewed for the website. Uh, before we go match-by-match, match, uh, what would you think of the card?
1: Good card, not a great card. Not one of the best cards of the year you're going to see from New Japan, but... Uh, I enjoyed it. I groaned at the four and a half hour. Uh, oh, so
0: long! I barely like. I when I called you, you said, "Oh, I'm hearing Japanese people talk," and that's because I was trying to finish it because I started, yeah. and I should have skipped. I really just should have said, "You know what? Screw the first four matches. Let me just watch the main events." But I said, "Yeah, let me let me try to get everything in." I was like five minutes before we got on here. I was I was on my car ride home from work. I had it on my lap watching it like a horribly yeah. dangerous person. Like I, I yeah, it's that'd fun.
1: be a great way to die watching uh, <laughs> Tiger Mask <laughs> grapple with Sakuraba.
0: Thankfully, it was over. So I would have went out On top oh no it was Okada's uh, Sonata That I would have went out with But yeah that's
1: As a man who watches Baseball games in his car Frequently You gotta (laughs) put the phone You gotta put it up On the dashboard So you can see the road too Well I had
0: had it up on my I have like a little uh, You know like the stupid thing Like the stupid little GPS holder that people have I have one of those for my phone But the fucking thing Falls out all the time So I didn't want it to Fall out and like it, like, sometimes if I'm there and I'm paying attention, I can grab it or whatever. But I was watching this, and I, I don't know. I just felt like I, it, it was going to fall out, and I tried to turn it the other side because I didn't want to watch the video vertically. So I had it, like, horizontal, and then it was bouncing out of there. So it was a, I had a big problem. I had a lot of problems.
1: Yeah, you just you stick it on the dash. You watch it with your peripheral while your eyes are on the road. You know what I mean? A little easier with the baseball, though, because you don't have to have your eyes on the screen every second for the baseball. Right, right. Because you're listening to the commentators, too. You kind of see what's going on. The wrestling, you kind (laughs) of have to have your eyes on it. So you're lucky you're not dead. Yep. Uh, So nice job out of you navigating the Chicago traffic while watching Naito Ishii. Uh, But the runtime, I was like, oh, I might see her for five hours and watch wrestling. And then I saw that the main event was 33 minutes, and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be – I will tell you, that was the shortest 33-minute match I ever saw. Yeah, The time just flew by because the match was so fucking good.
0: Yeah, they, they, they killed it. They absolutely killed it. Yeah, it, it, like, I, Even looking at it now, yeah, 30 minutes and 33 seconds, that match, I would have guessed, honestly, watching it, I, I would have said 15 minutes. If you, if you said, enjoyed, how long was that match, I, I would have said 15 minutes.
1: Enjoyed every fucking second yeah. of it. It was awesome, and it did not feel like it was 33 minutes at all. They filled the time perfectly. And I think in a lot of ways, it was very similar to the AJ Styles Roman Reigns of, you had the same sort of. Now you had the start and stops for different reasons, but you had the big interference spot in the middle where Okada thwarted the uh, Los Ingobernables uh, interfering uh, sort of mid match there. The big drop kick on um, on on Evil, which was the big spot, which was important because then Naito proved that he can beat Ishii without the help. I yes. thought that was important. Right. Um, but, but you know, but similar in the sense that. I don't want to take anything away from Naito, but my God, this was just, just like the AJ reigns match was an AJ match. And AJ just was so fucking good. Ishii was so unbelievably great in this match that again, Naito was fine. I have no problem with Naito's performance. He was very good, but Ishii was another fucking level. Great. In this wrestling
0: match, yeah, and and what he was able to do with the crowd too, because we sort of mentioned that one of the downfalls of this match was going to be that nobody would believe that Ishii was going to win. There was no chance that Ishii was going to win, and 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 I think people again ju- similar to Payback, yeah, exactly. And I think people generally didn't at, at no point thought that Ishii was actually going to win, but he was so good that there was so many of those falls where people were, I, even me watching, you know, I and I, you know, even when I was spoiled, even when I knew, I was like, oh, I don't like this. Looks pretty like you got that, and he 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 sucks you in so well to his emotions and his matches, and you just you pull for this guy so much. I don't know how he does it. It's like this innate thing he has that the crowd just can't help but just want this guy to win so badly. And in this match, there were times where they, like, I think they generally thought, okay, there's no way Ishii's going to win this. But oh my god, he's gonna win it right here, you know. There and and the crowd reacted that way too, and it was t- to be able to do that in a situation where it's obvious there's a hundred percent chance that you're losing this match for you to still make people go, yeah, I don't know, but this is really close. Like he might do it here. Like that's a testament to just how good that guy is.
1: Yeah, um, he he's just he's awesome. Everything he does is awesome. I couldn't have gushed more about him than I did in the review that I wrote, um, which by the way is one of the favorite things I've ever written for this. St- that, that review of that show. So I, I'm really proud of it. And I would really, you know, I want everybody to read it and hope everybody likes it. But I, I, I you know, th- everything you just said is pretty much how I gushed about him in the review. Tomohiro Ishii is pretty much a flawless pro wrestler. I mean, what doesn't he do great? I mean, you know, he's, he gets you, he sucks you into every match that he's in. Uh, d- d- despite, the, you know, the circumstances of no one thinking he had a chance here. He was really the perfect opponent for Naito's first defense because it was a guy who who loses nothing by losing. He has to lose, but he loses nothing by losing. He, he, he doesn't curtail his momentum at all. He's a guy who can easily lose because he lost before. But he's also someone who you knows going to go in there and give Naito a great match. And he's also... Uh, a guy who is a credible enough victory to help Naito. He's really the a perfect opponent in this spot. His first ever IWGP title challenge, by the way, yeah. Ishii, I think that slipped under the radar for a lot of people. His first, and maybe who knows, might be his only one. Who knows? But this guy is so good. You can make a solid argument. He's the best wrestler in the world because he does everything well. His offense is tremendous. It's it's believable looking. It's snug looking. He looks like he's hurting people who sells better than this guy I mean you could probably make some cases for some people maybe you want to make a case for a Hanma maybe you know you could think of whoever you like whoever you happen to like in terms of uh, I mean this guy the way he sells and it's not just the way he sells blows the way he his 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 legs wobble underneath him uh, like Terry funk uh, the way that he uh, towards the end of a match how the one thing he does at another level that other people don't is he sells, Progressive damage better than most people. By the end of a match, you get the sense that this man is dying, but you get the sense that you have to kill him to finish it. Yeah, he's just holding his
0: shoulder up by a thread. Like, he's just like, his shoulder cannot possibly move anymore. And he's just like grabbing it. Like, if I let go, the shoulder's just falling to the ground. But like, now I headbutt you because I'm an idiot. (laughs) Like, and like. As the match progresses, he
1: limits some of his motions. His facial expressions change. He drools when he, you know, it's like these little added things. This guy's just tremendous. He puts over the idea of progressive damage better than anyone and he sells over the entire course of the match uh, arguably better than anybody in the world. So uh, he, He's got that down pat. He's got the offense down pat. In terms of emotion, he sucks you in every single yeah. match that he's in. and he, he has this innate ability to make you root for him. You want to see this guy win and you're gutted when he loses. It's like you hate to see him lose. Every time that referee's hand comes down for the three count and this guy loses you. You just it, it exasperates you. You're just like, oh, you know, because you want this guy to win so yeah. bad because he's so good and his character is so good and 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 he just he fights, Rich. He fights. And he shows so much heart. And you just you believe in this guy and you wanna believe in him. He makes you believe in him. And you want him to win every match that he's in. And it's like it's like every time he just reminds you, and you, you just pull for this guy, and he's just and you want to get behind him. And and the thing about him is is he's real. He's an everyman. He yep. will let you down. He will lose a lot of the times. And that's why there's he's not a fucking superhero. He's not infallible, he's, yeah. He's he, right. He's an idiot. And, and sometimes he gets the, a
0: little too big in his own head, and he gets he gets dumb, and he does stupid stuff, and that's how he loses. He and has like, more guts it. than
1: brains. Like, come on, you, see, you had it
0: and you blew it. <laughs> like.
1: Yes, and and he does stupid things, and, and and he does, and he's he's he can lose to anyone, and he can beat anyone, and I think that's why his matches are so dramatic, and the reason he sucks you in is because he. he you know, you, you can relate to you, you can relate to him. He he shows fight and he shows guts, and you and you know that you, this guy's not going to go down unless his opponent kills him. You got to step on this guy's throat. You got to rip his heart out of his chest before you beat this guy. And that's why his matches are so good yeah. because you have to respect that and that's the kind of pro wrestler that i like rich that's what i get into i get into it a guy who goes out there and shows heart and shows fight and you don't necessarily not necessarily the best but he's gonna work harder than anybody he's in there with and he's gonna he's gonna bust his ass to go out there he's gonna do everything he can to win yeah
0: that's i think that's a great point that that last one the one you said about working harder i think that's always what i've gotten from him is that he 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 conveys a real sense of 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 effort in his matches. Like he's always just giving his full effort, always doing as much as he can to try to win, to try to, and, and and that's always his focus. I want to win this match. I want to win this title. I got to win this title. And he conveys that really, really well in terms of a guy that's just working his ass. Like he never seems like he's taking a day off. Like when is honestly the last lazy Ishii match you can recall? Never. Right. Never, and not even from like a, an aesthetic or, or like a, a. I'm a wrestling. You know, I'm, I'm breaking down the wrestling match in terms of like, in if if Fernando was seeing him in a match and you showed him uh, ten Ishii matches, every single one of them, I think he'd have that same idea. This guy just works his ass off. He really, really wants to win, and he's not gonna. He's not gonna go down lightly. And I think that's that's something that we all admire. I, I think in his I, wrestling. I tell you he, what. Yeah. I,
1: first, first of all, I love that Fernando's a thing now. <laughs> second, of, second of all, because <laughs> it's a great comparison point. The second of all, you're so right about that. If I sat Fernando down and said, you're going to watch this four-hour wrestling show, and I'm not going to tell you shit about it, and we're going to talk at the end, I guarantee you that would be his favorite guy. Because that's the guy on this show that you're going to connect with. You know, it's, 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 The guy is just a great pro wrestler, and it's a shame that they didn't, that this guy didn't get a sniff of a push until he was almost 40 years old. It really is. Yeah,
0: I mean, God, um, he he started, what, 96, 97, somewhere like that. A and, long time ago. And didn't even not, make it to New Japan until, like, 2005. He's not a homegrown guy. 2005, he, I think, right?
1: Bingo. He's not a homegrown yeah. guy. And as recently as 2011, um, he was really just a uh, chaos also ran. In the 2011 World Tag League, do you want to try to take a shot at who his partner was? I've mentioned this before, so oh, you might get God. it. Oh,
0: God. But –
1: Um, don't look it up. Just try to think about it.
0: 2011 2011
1: world tag league. I'll even give you a little hint. The winners of that tournament were, uh, Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. That was when Lance Archer first came to the company and that's how they gave him his initial push. They teamed him with Suzuki and they won the world tag league. Oh God. So this was pre Davy boy Smith jr. This was cowboy hat wearing Lance Archer. (laughs) If you remember when he came on our show, he told you, he told us he was uncomfortable with that because he was like, look, it's like, they wanted me to be a cowboy because I'm from Texas, but that's not me. I'm not. Yeah, right. I'm not. That's not my thing. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not a, a like that kind of Texan. Uh, so anyway, was do he doing the tiger who...
0: thing? Was he doing the the black tiger thing? At